Lions fans. This is the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where the Kool-Aid runs blue. Faces turn red. And rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who always podcast hands-free. Chris and the Riz. Hey, hi, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast. This is episode 411. 411, baby. We got all the info you need. It's Detroit Lions finish OTA and minicab. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am the dashing host, the most dashing of hosts, Chris. And with me is my good friend and gloriously haired host, Jeff the Riz Risden. How are you doing, brother? Chris, it is good to be back with you. We missed a little bit of time, so we got a little time to catch up on things, but it, it's good to be back and good to be seen. Yeah. Oh, it's always good to have you, buddy. Um, there. Um, yeah, we got a lot to talk about today. Got a lot going on. Uh, we're going to talk about the media skills challenge. Some of you may not have heard about this. This is a huge, huge thing that happened, and uh, great big prizes were to be had. We'll talk about that. Uh, mini camp, <laughs> mini camp, and OTA wrap. We'll have that going on. Uh, someone out pizza the hut. We'll talk about that a little bit. Um, Penasini, a little bit shorter in time than we thought. Uh, we talk about the training camp listener appreciation party, St. Jude, and a whole lot more. We've got a great show lined up. Riz, are you ready to go, my man? Oh, yeah, let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right. Let's get rocking and rolling. Let's do this. All right. Um, we've got a lot to talk about. We're going to start out first with probably one of the, well, just a little bit of a story about what's what's going on in this world and what happened. Um, we were supposed to go last Saturday, and, and, and then just life came apart. I was in Michigan last week and uh, getting some, some work done, getting a lot done. And I've actually, it was the first time I've had a flight totally canceled. I've been delayed forever, moved to other flight, other planes, the whole thing canceled me it was like 10 30 before i got into the hotel room i would have gone back to where oh. i was staying but i had a 4 50 boarding time in the morning for my flight that they signed me up for tsa isn't even there then man come on well okay so this is the this is the sound of somebody who's privileged but i i earned it trust me i was a mechanic for eight years before i did anything with my life although that was a great eight, great eight i'll tell you that but um i uh <laughs> i got period psa treat tsa pre-check and that's closed the guys there that morning, F them. Fuck you, TSA, in the morning at Detroit Airport. You suck <laughs> a ball sack. Guys are dicks. And they were horrible. So anyway, we went through that that rigmarole, got in, the whole thing. Take off. I'm like, wait, I didn't get the text that my, my bag's on the plane. And I look, and I'm like, it didn't come in. What's going on? About an hour and a half into my flight, my bag's on the plane. I wind up having to fly through Atlanta. My bag gets a direct flight. It arrives a half hour before I did <laughs> I could have got an hour and a half of sleep more. I got two hours of sleep that I was crazy. So anyway, I was angry, frustrated, but I'll, I, I was really mad there for a bit. Something happened though, that kind of gave me a, a bit of real, like kind of perspective. 
And so I sit in the gate as everything, and I was getting angrier and angrier. And like, they give you your $15 meal voucher, which, hey, maybe in 2018 that worked. But today, <laughs> it's going to get you the Uber to where you're going to eat at, right? That almost buys you my beer. Yeah, yeah. So um, there's a woman, she was like 80 years old, and she was going up, and I hear the slap. And I look, and she's fallen backwards on the escalator and is going up, and she can't get up. She can't get up. She's like, I was like, I was like, oh, literally, no. she's falling and she can't get up. Right, right. And her feet are over her head, right? So, and you can see through the glass side of the escalator, and she can't get up. She's like stuck. And wow. it was like, you hear like some people ah, like scream. It's like, oh, and it was like, there's no way I'm getting there. I'm like, somebody please. And there was this guy, happened to be an African American guy, zipped up the stairs. It's literally saved this woman. Cause I, I mean, you get to the top and that stuff starts going under, you know, you don't know. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's. My guy, my guy, I probably saved her a lot of pain. I, I was like, I was I actually congratulated. Nice to know there's good people yeah. still in the world. God, it was he, John Watson all day. It's he, very nice. He moved too. He was doing three <laughs> steps at a time up that thing to get to her. It was it was something. So I saw that happen. And it was like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll back a little bit. I'll I'll I'll. I'll I didn't mind. Back. I spent the weekend at the beach in Muskegon watching the AVP, the uh, Professional Pro Beach Volleyball Tour, um, and inspiring my daughter that she wants to now earn a. Beach volleyball scholarship for college. Nice. Yeah. So, nice. so I, a personal update. At this time last year, I was in Orlando. My wife and daughter are there again for the AAU uh, Junior National Volleyball Championships. My daughter's playing. Good luck, Far Out 13U um, national team. Uh, but I didn't get to go this year. I'm staying home with my son because uh, we have got a trip to Indiana to a couple different college basketball camps this weekend while he's getting recruited for that. So, uh, uh, nice. I, I missed out on Florida, um, which is it's okay because uh, just before we came on, I looked at the temperature and it was ninety nine point eight here in in Holland, Michigan. So <laughs> yeah. So here's the uh, thing that's really it's crazy, and I just put this together. We're going to be in Gainesville tomorrow and Friday, or tomorrow through Friday for my son's mm-hmm. orientation. And uh, if you're in Orlando, we'd have been nothing away. We could have got together for some beers. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's supposed to be in Gainesville. The heat index is supposed to be 105 degrees. It's going to be crazy. So that's why we're on Tuesday. We appreciate you all joining us on a Tuesday. A little bit out of out of sync. We missed yes. some times. Appreciate up uh, all you guys showing in. Mike, Mike sent everyone over. He's such a sweet dude. I love He's a Mike. Good dude, Mike. Man. So normally, uh, just so if you don't know, Mike does stuff on Tuesdays. That's that's yeah. one of his nights. Yep. So. Uh, and I didn't. And I believe they probably just wrapped it because uh, we really. One, one thing that Mike is really good at. Mike is concise. Like he knows when he's doing a show. He knows when it's going to end. Mm-hmm. We go into this and we have a rough idea of like how long we're going to talk. Just a couple and We double that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's so we try to work with him because one of the things is we want to make sure you guys have good content spread out. And Mike's such a great guy. We try not to step on each other. I forgot not. I forgot to message him today just because of the scheduling thing. I, we were going to walk each other. That's really kind of him to send everyone over. Check him out, Micro Mike and Lions Nation Unite. He's doing a Lions. lot of stuff with them. They're really getting a lot of up. good stuff. They yep. have really found a nice little groove for themselves. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, you and I have tried to get on. The scheduling just hasn't worked um, for either one of us, unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, I, I am. They're, they're a, a really nice group of people, and they're, they got a really nice thing going. And yeah. uh, please support it. Support Herman Moore runs it. Lions Nation Unite. Please Lions get Nation on that. Yeah, check Download it out. It's the awesome. App. Sign in. It's it's it really is a cool place to to congregate with other lions. You don't have Bears fans trolling you. You don't have Packers fans trolling you. It's it, it it's it's not like Reddit where everything is you know Jamo stole this or whatever. Uh, it's it's just football 
and Lions football and a love of Lions football. And if that's what you want, you need that. Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, check it out. Lions. They got a good uh, merch store, some really cool stuff. They got some talented artists over there. Um, if you if you like wrapping your Lions gear and Lions stuff, they've got some really, really good stuff. Check it out, LionsNationUnite.com. Uh, and Mike or Mike, his stuff. They're awesome, awesome, awesome people. All right. Um, let's get rocking and rolling and uh, and going. First off, the big the big news from the OTAs in minicamp, it really culminated in one of the, the key events. I think from coaches down to the players, every single, of them, single one of them was inspired. Um, there's one participant that really set things up for everybody. And I just, I, I have a quick, uh, quick image of that for, sorry for the folks that are listening. Uh, important stuff. Got an image of probably the most inspiring event uh, that happened at the, uh, the OT, the mini camp here. And it was the uh, media skills challenge. <laughs> As you can see, we have the big winner of the field goal kicking competition. Look at that form. Look at that plant. Look at that follow through. <laughs> that club foot, Jeff Risden, <laughs> knocking it through. Told it was going to be good for for forty yards. Good for forty, 40 is what uh, I, I was told that by both Tim Twenty Men, who actually won the entire competition, and and Carlos, who wound up trying to fetch it. Um, but it was good. Twenty Men's been practicing all winter long. Let's not fool anybody. That's why he was Twenty Men is a sneaky good athlete, guys. Yeah. He's he's. <laughs> He knows what's up. Only uh, winners here. Only winners. He's 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 an employee. He can't win. Yeah, Tim, so Tim actually did win the entire competition. We did. Wow. Uh, so this was yesterday. Uh, after the OTA session, uh, we did. We threw target. We threw three passes at the targets. Um, if you've ever seen their training camp practice, they have a, a net. Um, it's on a square. They got a target here, a target here, and a target here. Um, we could throw at any of them. I unfortunately rattled all three out like I was a. Uh, like a like an errant jump shot, like a Ben Gordon jumper. I just missed all three of them. Mm. Um, uh, but uh, punt, we did a punt competition, longest punt. Um, my former colleague at Lions Wire and current Detroit, Eric Schlitt, hammered the ball 55 yards on the punt. Mm. It was uh, it was incredible. We, we did get credit for the roll, but his, his flew a very long way. Mine was 38. Um, I did the little Sam Martin in Dallas. I kicked it a little bit off the side of my foot, and I got a squirrely bounce. It kind of went sideways instead of forward, so uh, I wound up in the middle of the pack with that. Then we did field goals. Um, I was one of, I think, two people. I think Nolan from the news uh, also hit both of his field goals, uh, but uh, I dare say, and I apologize to Nolan because he wound up beating me in, in everything else. Um, mine were prettier. <laughs> <laughs> I think we back in the Nate Freeze days, we should have brought in uh, Riz for a tryout, to be honest with you. We probably would have had better results. Hey, I, I still got a leg, baby. Um, so then we did a punt fielding competition, and I actually got turf burn because um, I slipped because I'm wearing – I wear basketball shoes all over the place. That's that's my casual shoes. So I'm, I'm, wearing, I'm wearing Kyrie's up there. <laughs> uh, there, and you, you can see it. Um, no cleats, and uh, I uh, – Tried to make a move and uh, wound up with uh, my feet uh, not sticking in the ground. So I got got some turf burn there. Got a little bit on my thigh too, which I'm not going to show off because I might not be wearing underwear. And then uh, we uh, uh, went over to the golf thing. I don't golf anymore. I used to golf a lot. I'm, I'm not a golfer anymore. It was ugly. Um, I probably would have been better off trying it left-handed actually. So that, that was rough. Um, give give credit to Carlos, by the way. Carlos Monares. He's money on the greens. So uh, oh, he, he won that one. Then we went inside for a basketball three-point shootout. Uh, ben Raven, who played college basketball, only made one. 
Burkett made two. Uh, Eric Woodyard from ESPN has a very sweet left-handed jump shot. You can tell he's, he's played a lot of basketball. <laughs> um, he hit two. I want to say that um, Gina from uh, – where's she from? Uh, one of the news stations. Uh, she hit two. Um, she had a nice shot. Um, and all three of mine hit the back of the rim and bounced out. So uh, it was a rough day for that. But uh, it was it was a lot of – it was a great time. Um I look. I live on the west side of the state. I don't get to be over there with those guys all the time to hang out and do like casual things like that. So for me, it was really cool to to get to know more of those guys more. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was nice. It was a, it was a really good time. I got to, got to hang out with Larry Lage for a while. Um, I don't know Larry that well, but it was, it was cool to get to know him. Uh, to get to know some of the new guys who were around the team. Um, yeah, it was it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, and I, I will say this, and I think Chris Burke tweeted something out to this effect, where it was. It was not nearly as awful or embarrassing as you would think it would be for immediate contingency. Like there were some people that had some legit skills. Oh, but there um, was plenty who didn't. I, I, I saw, I saw Burkett's kick. I saw the picture. Uh, yeah, uh, Dave, Dave, uh, Dave's, 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 Dave's not a kicker. Uh, All right, really quick, um, Adam, uh, Jeff. I heard you hit a pitching wedge two hundred yards. True or false? That was not me. That was Brad Galley. Um, who clobbered it? Like they're they're still looking for that ball. <laughs> no, uh, mine uh, mine combined went about fifty yards. Oh, oh God. I feel like I could have done well. There. So to be fair though, <laughs> and Ben Raven had the same problem. Ben, ben is taller than I am. I'm six five. Um, our club didn't even go up to my waist, so I'm like hunched over. I don't golf anymore to begin with, so it was like it was it was it was pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I would have done well in the pitching wedge and the and the punt. I probably would have struggled a little bit with the punt catch. And uh, the, the punt catch was was tough. And, and Tim cheated a little bit because he's out there standing by there, like, "Oh, go back, go back, go forward!" Like, so so when he did it, like everybody got around in a circle and was yelling different directions to him at the same time. But uh, <laughs> to, to, to Tim's credit, to Tim's Tim's pretty good athlete. He's 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 got it going on there. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. AGC. It'd be good to see the podcast come. I get to it. Podcast family come together for a love fest. Dion, Mike, DLP, King, etc. Stay tuned. End of July training camp times. You may see some some beauty there. We got some 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 talks. Got some talks going on. Uh, all right, uh, Steve O. Maybe they should sign Riz up for a contract. I think that's probably a good idea. Uh, what size shoe does the Riz wear? He has to go to the crossroad to turn around. Riz, let's do this. What size, man? Uh, I wear a fourteen wide. Ooh. I'm a I'm a 14 reg. Dang. I, I haven't met anyone with a shoe size at 14 yet, in like in person. I've I've seen people that have it, so I thought I was going to beat you, but there you yeah. go. So uh, I, I I squeeze my 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 feet into my Kyrie's. They don't make wides in those, but uh, they're, they're very comfortable. Shoes There's Micro Mike. Micro Mike, thank you, brother, for sending some folks over. Appreciate you. You are the man, as always. And I meant to talk to you and tell you I was going to step a little today because we're traveling. Sorry about that, but you're, you're awesome. All right. Um, Eric Fall started. <laughs> All right. Eric let's get rolling. Eric start. Um, <laughs> okay. He did. So I, I was actually at the finish line. They had a three-way tie. It was him, um, uh, Nolan for the news, and Tim. And we, we decided that we were all going to run 40s. We decided that that was not good for those of us who don't run. Uh, so they had a race. And Eric took off. He probably had a good five-yard head start and still came at last. I mean, Eric, <laughs> Eric not a sprinter. No. Um, I did find out, though, um, things you learn about your friends. I didn't know. He was a really good high jumper in high school. And if you've seen Eric recently, you probably wouldn't guess that about Eric. <laughs> uh, he's, he's, he's also um, a sneaky, athletic guy. 
Uh, here we go. We got uh, Carlos is probably writing an article right now to complain the Lions didn't provide personalized clubs for the event. <laughs> That's great stuff. All right. He might have complained. <laughs> let's let's get into the, the coverage a little bit. First, <laughs> one more thing to talk about. Upcoming events. The training camp. Listener appreciation party. It is time. I just had this feeling of like uh, I was going to be walking around with any pants on. That's right, Dan. No pants party. It's every year. This is going to be, I think, the fifth or sixth. Thing. I forget. There's so many we've done. Um, I think it's number five over six years because we canceled one. There was. Okay. Because of COVID. It's, uh, it's ready for a good time. And uh, come on out and join us. There's door prizes. There's already. We've already started talking to Jerry. He's going to see what he can do about Jerry Jacobs coming out. Um, does he bring friends? I don't know. We'll have him come out and, uh, and have some good times. But we're going to have a really, really good time. We'll do a live show. There's pizza. There's beer, uh, there's soft drinks, pizza and soft drinks are covered as part of the admission. Um, they raised the price a little this year. I think inflation is hitting there as well. It's a $35 ticket for, it's going to start at seven o'clock and it goes till they close, till, till they close. And if they close before two, we generally go take an after party somewhere else for anyone that wants to. It's a great time. Whole lot of fun. Come on up. It's at the Uptown Grill in Commerce Township on July 30th, Saturday. And I can say for a fact that the day after there's no training camp. That's the way it works. We know it. It's like that every single year. And so you can come out. You can do training camp that day. Then you come out to the party that night, have a good time, and you can sleep in and get your stuff together before you move on with your life on Sunday. So July 30th, go to party.detroitlionspodcast.com, party.detroitlionspodcast.com. Mike, you and the the, the Lions Nation Unite folks, we've got to get you out there as well. Um, Mike's already said he's going to come out there. So we're going to do that, have some fun. Ash Thompson is going to be in town. We're going to have some fun with him. Um, we've got a lot. I can't believe Ash is coming. Yeah, I'm yeah, it's going to be. I've never met Ash in person. We always, It's always a little bit bigger this year. I think we're taking a, a, a big step. Then also during the party, we are doing the announcement of uh, what's going to happen. Our, our global event during the St. Jude 24-hour live stream. A huge thing. All the details will be released at the party, on the show at the party. It's going to be a great time. Hang out with Riz, me, Jerry, Ash, We'll talk to Dan Miller again, see if we can get him to come out. All the great people come out, have a great time, do a live show, and then just hang out together. If you ever wanted to spend time with us, um, that's it. We just hang out with with everyone, and and we just roll through and have a good, good time. So we'll get into that. And uh, go to party.detroitlionspodcast.com. Tickets are available now. Limited number of tickets. The room's only so big. So uh, get, get them as soon as you can and come join us for all the fun. It's a great, great time. All right, we'll go into this now. Minicamp and OTA wrap. Let's get wrapping on the wrap. A um, lot of pressers. I really enjoyed the, the at the end here. They knew there's no media access for a while. They were pumping everybody through all the assistants, everybody. Yeah, so yeah, yesterday we got uh, just about every assistant coach. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, a couple of them were like going on simultaneously. One's on one side of the building and one's on the other side of the corner. So uh, I, I missed uh, I missed Todd Washington or Engstrom, but I got everybody else, yep. and uh, just you know they they were pretty darn willing to do it. Um, the only person that they had to like twist an arm a little bit was Antoine Randall L, and he went out there and put on a, like a show. Like, he's great. He's, yeah. he's just he's just fun. He was um, the guy he I was enjoying it and, and talking with us a little bit afterwards. Too. I was talking about was, him last year. How underreported. Antoine Randall L was as a coach on the team and like under the radar, how he flew. Yeah. Not a lot of people. Everyone was talking about all the other stuff, but at Randall L and watching him in training camp, the arm he's still got, he's throwing the ball, them receivers. He's, I mean, it's like, wow, it's like that guy, you know, is he pushing 
boil right now? <laughs> he's still got it, it he looks like, man. Should. Wow. Wow. Oh, yeah. So, no, Randall, and then you, you, you get the pressers that he's had since then. He's awesome. He's so good. So, so good. I'll tell you the thing that I've seen. I heard it from two or three different coaches in the pressers, something they talked about, and that uh, it was it was Hank, is Calvin Kelvin Kel- <laughs> Shepard, and um, maybe AP, um, God, and, and 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 Antoine Randall I think said it as well. As coaches, they're teachers, and that's what they're, yeah, they're was, out um, there. Brian doing. Duker, the safeties coach, said it. Yeah. Yeah, they I, are. I made note of it. I'm actually writing about it for Lions You'll see that in the morning. It's a really important, important, important angle about the approach that they're taking. And um, who was it? God, well, I forget. I think it was Aubrey Pleasant that's that said. No, it wasn't. I have to think about. It. You get to know the guys outside the lines. It was Kelvin. It was Kelvin Shepard. Kelvin Shepard. You get to know the guys outside the lines, yeah. right? Yeah, that was Kelvin. And the, and then. Inside the lines, it comes together because it's just the work, and that's the thing. You know, if you look back to the last regime, that's where that's that's where you know Matty P messed up. He he outside the lines, you know, the stuff that he did, you know, the the things he called, you know, too close to people, too quick, didn't know what he could say or couldn't say because he got too chummy. I think is is part of the deal. Um, the, the the stuff about he was saying about players talking to other players in the league with Slay and some of the other stuff that was all just. Outside the lines, he didn't get the respect. They didn't believe that he he was one of them, and Nobody he lost him. He, he he lost him. He absolutely lost him. And uh, Shepard was was dead on when he said that. It was like, yep, they have to trust you as a man before they're going to trust you as a coach. And that was, I think, yeah. exactly what and, he and, uh, He was not just whistling the Dixie there. Like he he lives that, and he's not the only one who lives that. You know, just. I had never met Brian Duker before this week, and I wound up talking to him. Um, he had a little side session with me and another uh, reporter, and uh, we talked to him for just a little bit. And like this guy, like the, the the word that comes across all the time when you when you think about these guys when you're interacting with is that they're genuine. Mm-hmm. Something that you and I talk about with Dan a lot, Dan Campbell, the head coach, a lot. Yep. They're they're very sincere. They're going to tell you the truth. Whether you need to hear it or not, they're not going to filter it through it. They're they're going to tell you how they feel about it, and I I love that. I respect that. I, I think it's such a it's it's such a way to uh, to engender confidence and and trust with with whoever you need to be with. Like they don't need the media to trust them, but they want that. Yep, that's not the case. That was not the case with either of the prior head coaches that I had experience with uh, in Detroit. No, it certainly and, wasn't Patricia Caldwell. Caldwell sort of viewed us as a necessary evil, but clearly didn't want to be there. Um, and Schwartz, uh, I actually did one presser with Schwartz, and he was he was Jim Schwartz. I mean, that that's he was genuine. Um, it wasn't necessarily the, the genuine. Well, it's authenticity the that you want, but it's authenticity, and that's that's really what. Yeah, author- thank the, you. Authenticity yep. is, a, is a is a better word because you're getting the real guy. They don't. They're not putting on airs. You're getting the guy. And I think the players certainly respond to that. But also, like, the other coaches. Like, you see the coaches, like, goofing around and having competitiveness between their units in practice. If you've been out of training camp or happen to catch a Lions practice, in the Patricia, like, they didn't interact. Like, they were all their own, like, units. Like, the quarterbacks were here and they did their thing. And the wide receivers were here, and they did their thing. And the defensive backs were over here, and they did their thing. And, like, the coaches worried about what they had. They didn't 
I, I don't know. Seeing seeing Aubrey Pleasant go up and, and like chest bump Kelvin Shepard after a linebacker made a good play, like that 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 doesn't happen. That that doesn't happen in a lot of places. Uh, look, I, I've covered other teams. I've been in other training camp. That it's it, the the camaraderie is unusual. I think some of it is the fact that they are former players, and they have they have an understanding for what the players want to see better than guys that haven't played. And I think that 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 absolutely matters. I'll tell you, this is, this is, it's, it is, it's, it's the authenticity with the nature of the game is that coaches and players, especially player coaches, player coaches that used to be players, the competitiveness is in your veins. You're in that business because you are competitive. And again, Calvin Shepard talked about it when he was talking about um, coaching uh, JD, he played with him, right? He played with him. And it's like, we sat next to each other and he's like, it's no different. I'm still teaching him how to play. And, he's la- and then they laughed, right? And then, and he said, no, it's just that I'm standing at the front of the room, right? And, and yep. he has, he has, a, a, you know, an authority that comes with his position. But when oh, you carry that authenticity with the authority, then all of a sudden you can teach. And it's exactly what those coaches were talking about is when you respect your, your, your professor, when you respect, respect your teacher, when you know that they've done it before, and when you know that they're being truly authentic with you, you are going to get the very, very best out of the students in that room. And they talk, I mean, Hank, for we'll get to him in a little bit talking about doing cahoots with the team and stuff. I mean, it's, it's so funny. They are, they're engaging these guys at a, at a very, very key basic level of what makes a football player what gets people into competitive sports and they're engendering that from the bottom all the way through to the top all the way i mean i'm, I'm not gonna see sheila chest bumping people but i think i'll see brad holmes doing it you know what i mean i i i, I feel that vibe through that whole team and this is this is leadership now here's the downside of it somebody could take advantage of it right you can get a player that takes advantage of it but what they've done already is lock this culture in so that those kind of people and um, oh god, Jamie Collins, great example. Jamie Collins is a great example of taking that. advantage. Not, not a bad guy. No, not 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 a bad guy at all. Taking advantage of the situation. Different. And they recognized it, and they took yep. care of it. And that's the key part of being able to do this kind of servant leadership. Rashad Perriman was the same way. He did not. That that's not mm-hmm. who he is. Again, doesn't make him a bad guy. He's just. Wired differently, they they you hear Dan and Brad talk about it all the time. Cut from the same cloth. Mm-hmm. They have a really good idea of where their seamstress has been and where she hasn't been. And so to close that out, you know those you know Jamie Collins is a prime example and Brashard at, at, at another level. But these are guys that were taking advantage of the situation, but were seen were seen by everybody. And as leaders, you have to make those kinds of decisions. So I have to say, I, I really from just a leadership perspective, from the coaching staff into the, the the front office, the way they're connected, the way they work with each other, the way they interact with each other, the trust, the respect they have for each other. This is a winning team up front. They, this is a great group of leaders uh, for this team. The players they've got, we'll talk about that. We'll see what happens. Feel like we've won the last two drafts. Really feel like we've, we've locked in some great, great players. Is it going to translate? We're getting there. We're going to get there and see. But all signs point to yes right now. It's a great time to be a Lions fan. I mean, every, every it's always a great time to be a Lions fan and right at the end of OTAs. But it feels it just it, it, that everything you see from top to bottom is different. And it's different in a way that yeah. points to success. And, and, and I'll say it yeah. just from my experience in, in a couple different organizations, big organizations, this 
is the kind of thing that works. I've seen this work before. I've seen people do this poorly and fail, but this this is something that really can work for an organization. I'm with you on that. Like there, there's a definite ceiling to the talent that they've got on hand, and I'm going to be more pessimistic than most people watching this on that. Um, I I still don't think this is more than a seven win team um, mm-hmm. at all, mm-hmm. uh, but. They're going to get everything that they can out of what they've got. And weird things happen. You get a couple different bounces. You know, the, the refs call that penalty against Baltimore. You know, the, the, the field goal hits the crossbar and bounces out. You know, just one or two little breaks a game, and they can be better than that. They can be better than seven wins. And, and I won't fault anybody for, for believing in what they've got. Yeah, I could, I could see this team winning 10, 10 games. I don't, I'm not predicting 10, 10 win season, but I can see it because of all the bad close bounces last year. You take that away. You have a five, maybe a six win team. Yeah. They, they've improved two to three wins. They this have, year. they've absolutely improved. The, yeah. the, the talent level be, when I was there this year to when I was there one year ago, uh, it's stark, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, watching like last year, we didn't know who the number three running back was going to be. We didn't know who the number one wide receiver was. Like our number one wide receiver is still not cleared to play and isn't going to practice probably. And we'll talk about Jamo in a minute, but But uh, shark is not a bad number one. No. And, and (laughs) just, you know, seeing, seeing what he's been able to do, seeing what Josh Reynolds has, Josh Reynolds has had a, like I've been at the last four practices. He's looked good. He wasn't there yesterday. None of the bets were there yesterday other than, than, uh, than Panay pretty much. But, uh, it's, they're just the level, and, and Dan talked about this in his press conference at the end of last week, where he talked about how how much more like they're comfortable giving to the players because the players aren't like their head spinning because most of them last year were new, coming from one place or another, and they had to learn the system and how they were going to be coached and how the Lions do things and how they wanted things to be done. And most guys know that now, and they don't have to do it as much with the coming with the new incoming players. Because the players themselves know it, and they're 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 doing that on their own. There's good leadership amongst the players too, and that, that that's definitely something that you will see when you're out at training camp. Is that there is more savvy leadership going on from within, um, not just the coaches, but uh, watching watching guys like Jeff Okuda and uh, Jamal Williams and uh, uh, Khalif Raymond, Taylor Decker. They're they're leading their position groups without their coaches having to like explain what needs to be said. Like yeah. they're they're more comfortable and empowered to do that on their own, and that that's very noticeable, very tangible, and that's something that we've talked about in the media room. Can we? Can I just really quick hit on the universal praise for Ben Johnson? Yeah, the, absolutely. The, I've been talking about since almost October of last year. <clears throat> um. Yeah, the guy, the guy is much, much loved. And, uh, again, a teacher. Um, they love what he's doing. They love what he, what, how he works with each he of them so and how he is so freaking high energy. Yeah. My yeah. goodness. Love him. Love Watch, him. Watching him and Deuce and Antoine and the offensive coach, like, like we know Hank. Yeah. Hank Hank's not an enthusiastic guy. <laughs> he is in his own way. He is. he is in his own way. It's, it's, he is. It's, but he is not somebody who's going to like, you know, run out on the field. And congratulate a player for making a good play. That's just not who Hank is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that is who Antoine is. That's certainly who Ben is. Yeah. Uh, and he's, look, he, he threw the gauntlet down at Aaron Glenn. Like, I'm not going to be the only, you're not going to be the only coordinator that's going to get, you know, head coaching interviews here. Yep. That wasn't what was said, but that's absolutely what was implied in when, when Ben was saying what he said. Yep. 
Uh, and, you know, just just seeing like all that. Like we watched like yesterday. Dan was there. Deuce Staley ran everything yesterday. Yep. Like they're clearly training him to be a head coach. Mm-hmm. He's going to get interviews next offseason. And all the people that are like, oh, no, we're going to lose. That's a very good problem to have. And I'll tell you why. Because it means that you're only going to attract people that see this as a ladder to climb instead of a dead-end job. Like, oh, crap. The only place I can get hired is Detroit. All right. I guess I'll go. Like, that. that's not the way these Lions are. The Lions are like, I want to be a head coach. Okay, right now let's let's say I'm an assistant tight ends coach. And they're going to interview me to be the offensive line coach or the running backs coach. And I can parlay that into an assistant head coaching job or an assistant you know, running game coordinator job. And that gets me an interview in two or three more years as a coordinator, or possibly even a head coach that you better believe that's what the player, what the, the guys are looking at. Yeah. If they're trying to climb the, the yeah, easy for me to say, climb the professional ladder. That's right. And that, that's a very big thing. And I, and look, I, look, I'm going to be sad when Kelvin's running. A, a, I, I still think Kelvin Shepard, and, and I've told this to you several times, I think he's perfect to run a college program. He can be an NFL head coach, but man, put that guy in your living room recruiting your son. He's yours, (laughs) buddy. (laughs) And I I just think that he relates so well with the the younger players specifically. Mm -hmm. I think that that, that's a great move for him. But guys like Deuce, Aaron, Ben, um, even Hank, if he wants to move up, probably should get some looks at it. Like Mm -hmm. these guys, Antoine too, for that matter. These are guys that are not going to be in the position coach job that they're at forever. And you go back and you look at the guys that Jim Schwartz had. You look at the guys that that, that Caldwell had primarily were guys that you're never going to see above the level where they were at. Yeah. And I'm looking at the guys, that just all the guys that we talked to yesterday, I'm like, that guy's like, it's he's, just, he's better than what he's doing. <laughs> it's just like you're seeing with um, – with the the players that we're going to have to cut to get to the 53. We're going to cut players that play on another team. What a great problem to have. It sucks. It sucks yep. to lose talent, but what a great problem to have. That's a sign of a good program, and that's something that a lot of people yeah, that's, aren't That's actually to. something that uh, Schlitt and I talked a bit uh, about yesterday um, as we were standing around watching watching the guys work. It's like so normally we, we like Eric and I work together long enough that we know what each other is doing, like professionally, even though we're not doing it together anymore. And uh, I said to him, um, "Who? How many? How many are, players are you confident about on the final fifty-three? And uh, he's waffled a little bit. I'm like, "I'm at forty-one. Like I know who forty-one of the guys are going to be. Mm-hmm. Like that, that means there's twelve spots that I have no clue who, who's going to get them. Like I have I have ideas who's competing for them, but like it's tough. And it's not tough because these guys suck. It's tough because there's not separation. Like the the the, the bottom of the team has risen up, and you see guys." I'll bring up a couple guys that have really impressed in the last week that I've seen that I didn't know a whole lot of. Savion Smith at cornerback. That guy's an NFL corner from what I've seen from the last week and has some experience at it, by the way. That guy, he's going to play cornerback somewhere this year in the NFL, uh, and not just on a practice squad either. If he doesn't make it in Detroit, he's going to be playing somewhere else on Sundays. Yep. Um, he's one. Demetrius Taylor. Now, he's he's got a little bit of advantage because the guy in front of him retired, uh, but as a nose tackle – I wish he was bigger than six foot two hundred two and ninety pounds, but that guy can freaking play, man. That that's an yeah. NFL player right there. And like we're not talking about like having to you know sign a guy who's on his fifth stop in four years and is bouncing around practice squads here and there and everywhere. Like there's there's talent in this room. There, some of the undrafted free agents that don't really have a, a shot at making the team this year. 
they're going to play in the NFL somewhere at some point. Like that again, that goes to the the, the ability start, to man, scout really that is. this team has and find talent, and to be able to find this many UDFA's that are players in the NFL really speaks to their ability to scout and find talent. Uh, Shane Zilstra is another guy. You know, suffered that hideous knee injury last year, so we didn't. All of us were like, "Oh, he's not going to be back." He's been the best tight end in camp. Now, TJ hasn't played a lot, so that, you know, obviously there's not, you know, Hawkinson, other than running half the pass routes at half speed, um, which is, by the way, by design. It's not, not an indictment on TJ. Like, Zilstra's like, dude, that guy catches everything. Like, wow. Like, he's made some some really tough catches. He, he knows how to get open. He's embarrassing the linebackers in coverage, which isn't as easy to do as it was a year ago. It's It's kind of fun to watch a competent football team. And I, I, again, I will equate it to when when the Texans rose up, when they got J.J. Watt, when they got Arian Foster in, and when when some of the, the younger players that they had been relying on perked up, guys like Quinn Brown, um, and they emerged as a much, much better team right away. There's a lot of parallels between this Lions team and that Texans team. Yep. All right. Let's uh, let's hit a couple things here. First is Patricia, candidate for the OC of the year. I don't know, but I did definitely put money down when I was in Michigan because I could on Dan Campbell as coach of the year. Cody, and I think I'm gonna. I got a good shot of getting paid out. Um, I we'll we'll see how that plays out. I put some some goofy lines back. I, I put money down on winning the NFC North. As a matter of fact. I don't care. I went $1,500 out of the Super Bowl for a small bet. I'm willing to take that. It's a good time. A good time. But uh, so there's that. Uh, Cornell hopes he keeps it going this summer. That would be huge. He and and Levi Anzarike have been getting a lot of really, really great press from the coaches. Jay Sean is bigger than he used to be. Mm-hmm. And so is um, Levi. I actually, I commented to Tim <laughs> Twain and I'm like, uh, and I, 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 pre, I, I will give you an exact quote on it. Like, I'm saying this is nothing more than a physiological observation. Does Jay Sean's ass look bigger to you? And he looked at me and he laughed. He's like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> he is. So, well, let's just start. Let's bring it up. John Penasini retired. Um, no more no more typing in penis and it autofilling what I needed it to anymore, which is a sad day for me. But It's a short word again. <laughs> ah, it is. It's very short. Um uh, Jay Sean has taken reps at the nose tackle spot. It's not – he's longer than you would expect for a nose tackle. He's – although I will say he wasn't as tall as I thought he was when I stood next to him. Um, but he's certainly a candidate to take that job as, as the backup nose tackle uh, if, if Taylor doesn't seize it. And, you know, Jay Sean has come back. He talked to us last Tuesday or Wednesday, one of the days last week, and you could like he was a guy who was always kind of distant, wasn't really like open or talking about himself. Always gave him very short, first answers. You know, just wasn't that open. You can tell there's an appreciation for him that like, man, this is my last shot. Like I, I I've been blessed to to get back to the team with with the health issues that I've had, with the the suspension that I had. Like they have stood by me, and I understand this is my last shot, and I am not. Taking that for granted, there were there. It's it's like the light has switched on for Jay Sean. That like, I like I'm not guaranteed a spot on this roster because this guy drafted me anymore. Mm-hmm. Like he's had that epiphany. Um, and I, I look, he did things uh, last year in camp before he got hurt. He embarrassed Panay Sewell. I mean, embarrassed him in a couple of reps. So the, there is ability there. 
but it's just got to stay healthy and stay focused. And so far, so good for Jay Sean. Yep. Good stuff. All right. Uh, Jeff and Chris, do you guys have any worries about Ben Johnson turning into JBC after a year? He was brilliant and he was pedestrian and he was out. No, I'm not worried about that at all because no, JBC, he was brilliant because he took on um, um, Lombardi's he over, Lombardi. He took over right? for Joe Lombardi. He was a freaking joke. Well, he did, but he had his playbook. And what happens is he had his playbook, and then you see a rush, an improvement generally when you replace a, a coach. He was probably a little bit more motivational than Lombardi was because Lombardi was had the – had the personality of a dishwasher, uh, and then and then <laughs> and then JBC was there, and hey, look, my man knows how to party. He'll come in your window and tell you, sweet, whisper sweet nothings. So uh, he he was doing his thing, got people, but it was then yeah. his responsibility to be strategic with the the playbook. And I, 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 will say, I, I think, think Bob Peter, his relationship with Stafford was very positive and helped Matthew Stafford become what he is today. But the rest of the offense was mm. was who they were. Not because of him. I'm, I have I ho- I hold that against Stafford actually, not changing our offensive coordinator earlier because he put his his name in the bucket to keep him because he liked him and it was even more pedestrian that year. I and again, I'm this goes back a to a conversation and I Sean Blage and I used to have this conversation on the air every freaking week. I love you, Sean, but it was Stafford has to get better, and one of the ways that he has to get better is that he has to allow himself to be pushed. Yep. And, and he JBC did not wasn't do that, doing that early in his career. And JBC not at wasn't all. doing that. Was that was not who he was about. Nope. He learned that. And he figured that out. Unfortunately, he figured that out after the rest of the team had faded away. And JBC was not the guy that was pushing him. And no, he, he no, felt very not. comfortable and wanted to keep him around. And that cost us a year of growth. Now, look, it was under the Patricia regime. And it's like, whatever. Okay, fine. But that's that was that was a kind of a wreck. Um, Lions cutting players to get picked up by another team. WMW2. That's right. It's going to take some time to adjust. Flounder. Superman. I'm sorry. I took a little bit to get it. Get to this. Thank you for the super chat. Can we please sign Jonathan Hankins? Riz, can you get behind <laughs> that for us? <laughs> That takes me back. <laughs> Any comparison to the Browns' resurgence from a few years back to the Lions' crop right now? I'm going to lean on you, Jeff, because you lived in Browns' land for a long time. The Browns time. had a lot more talent, a lot more high-end talent. They still yeah. do, but they are they're a mess. <laughs> I actually begged out of going down to Cleveland this week. They, USA Today wanted me to be there. Uh, I elected not to be there, and after watching Deshaun today and the way he was handled – I'm glad I'm not there. They had, like, this team doesn't have Miles Garrett. They don't have Nick Chubb. They don't have, right at this point, I don't think they have anybody that's that's better than that Jarvis Landry was. Like, they don't have Denzel Ward in this team. They have a couple guys who are candidates. And they have a couple guys who can be better than what Jarvis was. But they don't have that level of top-end premium talent in Detroit yet. And that's one of the reasons why I I look at this Lions team and I, I don't see them being great because they just don't have that many impact players. Now, there's some guys who can rise up, and there's certainly some candidates for guys who can be that, but they're not there yet. And that's I, I want to caution people. To, to Like, if you think that Aiden Hutchinson is going to come in and be as good as Miles Garrett, you're going to be disappointed. You're not going to like Hutch because of it. He's a very different kind of guy. Different, like, I think he's going to be very, very good. But he's not that. Like, if you're expecting Jeff Okuda to suddenly get healthy and be what Denzel Ward has been, no. Nope. Well, here's what's going to make Hutch better, and it's going to be the improvement that I expect, and I think that everyone on the coaching staff is expecting. 
out of a guy like Levi Anzarike this year. He came back huge, just ready to rock. He's swole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they think that, you know, the, they knew he was hurt last year. They knew he was coming in hurt. They knew, you know, he wasn't kind of up to size, up to everything. He'd taken a COVID year, right? So he was he was just kind of having to get back into it. He's back, boys. He is back. They are. They I'm are. really looking forward to see Levi this year and see him put his foot in the mouth of a bunch of naysayers. I, I can't say what I heard last week about him, but I will just say that he was more hurt and more damaged goods than what the Lions expected and certainly what he thought he was. Yep. yep. Uh, Michael Lucci missed you guys. Missed you too, brother. Really, really did. Um, let's see. Uh, okay, I think we're good. I think we're caught up on the on the uh, the chat pretty much. Very, very much. Appreciate everyone that's here. Uh, really quick, yeah, we do this once you. a show now. Don't forget to like, subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate when you do that. That helps us out. Helps us with the algorithm. Um, the time off, we appreciate. I love being back. This time, this this week that we had, this extra week we had, I'm so recharged, guys. I'm like, I was burnt. We had not had time off since training camp of last year, and it, it was nice to get some time. Some family time, get some stuff done. It was great. So thanks for, for coming back and joining us for this. But please do hit the subscribe button and the like button. We appreciate when you do that. It helps us out a great, great deal. All right, next next player. I want to talk about this one because there was – I don't want to say there was as much – there wasn't as much talk as I would have expected about Jared Goff. But the talk that we did get was very, very complimentary. Mark Brunel – and look, it's his guys. Of course, he's going to be a bit complimentary. But I we heard from a couple of players – We've heard from a couple people that Jared was finding points. He was he was finding spots, and when I say points, I mean points of of you know a position specifically in three D space, right? Um, he was drilling it, and I want to ask you, Riz, having been there and seen it, was there as much of an improvement in Jared Goff's game as we heard there was year over year? Absolutely, without question. Um, Mark Mark Brunel was not. Mark Brunel is not a guy who plays games. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just, that's not who Mark is. Absolutely. Uh, and he was he was very um, he was actually almost angry at the tone of a couple of the questions that were asked him about golf. Like, mm-hmm. why don't you respect this guy? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that that was very clear from him. Um, and like like and, and he if you get him like outside, like he's a really really easygoing guy. So for him to take that much, I don't know. It's not offense, but just like, like why? Why don't you see what we see in Jared Goff? And uh, my answer to that would be: We watched the first eight weeks of last year, but I didn't say that because I don't want to get punched. Uh, but yeah, he, the, Goff looked really good, and just just a couple of the drills that they're doing, um, especially in the team drills last Wednesday. Yeah, that was a nice day, Wednesday. He threw a couple of passes where there was really, really good coverage on the outside, and he feathered the ball over the top with enough velocity that it got there. Where you still had to like the, the timing, the touch. It was it could have it could have been Andrew Luck. It could have been it could have been you know name your quarter Aaron Rodgers making the throw. It doesn't. No, there's other things that go along with it, and Goff's leadership style is different. It's not for everybody. It's um, just as the other quote, I've covered Deshaun Watson and Baker Mayfield in person in the last four years. He's very different from both of those guys. Um, and that's probably a good thing for Detroit, by the way. Um, <laughs> certainly a good thing for me, uh, to not have to deal with that crap, but, um, he's looked really sharp 
and you're, you're, you're seeing him uh, throw the ball down the field and push it and be willing to push it down when last year, especially early in the year when we all got angry at him a lot, where you would see DeAndre Swift run a wheel route and get open down the right sideline and Jared would still throw it, you know, three yards underneath to the backup tight end. Like that was – some of that was the coaching, but some of that was on Jared too. Like he was always going to take the easier route. Um, and not push himself. And one of the things, and he talked about it a little bit in his press conference, uh, and has talked about it with people privately on the side. He is ready to take more risks. And he, he, he again, we, we're not privy to what he and Ben Johnson have talked about, but it's very clear that they both want Goff to be more aggressive this year. That's something that Jared welcomes. He's, I don't want to say he's listened to us in the media, but he certainly is aware that he probably needed to do more last year and, and did not play as well as he should have or could have um, given the routes. And I think sometimes you need to step away. You need to go back and watch the film as an impartial observer, which I know he does. And like, God, why didn't I throw that ball when I threw it? Why did I throw it there when I could have thrown it there? You know, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm in week three of the rewatch. And I will tell you just from the first two weeks, I'm already at 15 throws, conservative estimate where he made the safe decision instead of the, the decision that Matthew Stafford would have made or or Jared Goff or or Joe Burrow. Um, guys who win games for their team make the throws that he wasn't making last year. He is making those in camp and making them very nicely, by the way. Again, it's camp. They're not in pads yet. It's got it's to carry forward. Otherwise, we're just wasting time. But yep. I, I you, you can't help but be encouraged by what you're seeing. Yeah, no, I, I'm, everything everything continues to elevate for this team. Everything we see. Again, no pads. It's all shorts, right? They're, everyone looks right. great in shorts. Although some guys do look better than in, in, um, in pads, and, and we, they talked about that a little bit. But I'm, I'm, I've, I've, I've not been out on golf. There was one point last year where I was very much close to being out, out and concerned. But I know there's a player in there. I know there's a player in Jared Goff. and. I'm really and excited what's, what's to see more if, if, is if we can that get to Mark that guy. Knows that. Yeah. And Ben Johnson knows that. And Dan Campbell knows that. And Brad Holmes knows yeah. that. And that's something that, like, I think they did a pretty good job of trying to convince Jared of that last year. I think Jared believes that this year. Yep. That, that's, that's the attitude change that I personally have seen. Is that I think that Jared Goff believes that, that he can be the Jared Goff of 2017-2018 again. Yep. And that that quarterback can do things – that the golf we watched last year for, you know, eight twelfths of the year, um, reduce that fraction. That's what, three quarters? Yeah. Two thirds? Two, yeah. thir- two thirds. Yep. Um, I'm not a mathematician. You don't have to be. That guy, because um, let's face it, the, the Jared Goff from the first eight games last year, not an NFL starter yeah. and, and shouldn't be considered an NFL starter. And like he poisoned the well a little bit because that's that's our first exposure to him, and like it validated why the Rams wanted to get rid of him. The Rams got better at quarterback with Matthew Stafford. The Lions got Jared got the the Jared Goff that Sean McVay wanted to get rid of. Yeah, and getting rid of that Goff has been a real real piece of work for the Lions. That's something that they're working very diligently at trying to do, and a lot of that is them 
making Jared believe that he's not that Jared Goff, that he is the guy who took him to a Super Bowl once upon a time. There's no better landing spot for Jared Goff than this group of coaches. To be honest, oh, there's nowhere not. else in the NFL certainly he could not. land no. to get to the best he's, he can he can bring. I'm excited to see the Jared Goff, what he becomes. I'm excited to see if we can get that Jared Goff back that was there because we will have slaughtered that trade at that point. We will have just absolutely murdered the Rams in that trade. Whether they got a Super Bowl or not, if Goff becomes the Goff that took them to the Super Bowl, wow, what a, what a freaking deal. Because Stafford wasn't going to do it for us. He wasn't going to do it for us in his no. career, right? It just wasn't going to happen. And that, that's something that I – not to beat the Stafford thing to a death, but he was never going to do what he did in Los Angeles in Detroit. Mm. It, it, it just wasn't there for him. It wasn't going to be in time, right? His right. clock was ticking, and it was going to – right. the bell was going to ring before he could have done any of that in Detroit. That's where said Tomei and, and my husband, my biological clock is ticking. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Let's get this going. Um Jared Goff, a lot of, lot of good stuff there, and uh, we're, we're watching that. We'll be there. Again, on, I, I like, really do need to see it in pads before I'm a believer, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I, I, I absolutely like what I'm seeing, but, look, I I got to see it. Because I'll tell you, I have seen Brock Osweiler look really good in the summer and then go out into the field and lay an ostrich egg on the 50-yard line. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I don't expect that from Jared he's Goff. No, but he's no Brock Osweiler. Or Brock is no Jerry Goff. All right, let's go on. We we got to keep trucking here, man. Uh, Jeff Okuda and I, I'm, I'm Jer- uh, Aubrey Pleasant talked about these guys in this presser. Jeff Okuda and the one and only superstar at cornerback Jerry Jacobs, who will be joining us shortly and potentially at the party party dot July thirtieth. Saw Jerry this week. He gave me a nice little salute. There you Thanks, go. Jerry. July thirtieth. Big big party. Don't miss it. Party dot Dan Miller usually comes. Haven't got confirmation with from him yet. We're working on that. Jerry's working on coming. Uh, we've got Ash. We got Riz. We got me. We're gonna have. It's gonna be a great party. We have a lot going on. We're gonna try to get the guys at Lions Nation, Herman, and, and everyone to come out as well. See if we can get Lomas, have some fun, and uh, and do some good party time get, stuff. Getting Lomas out there would be like just to shake Lomas's hand is an experience that everybody should have. I want my because my boy's coming this year. He's gonna be with us, um, and he, he he's going to University of Florida, so that should be good. Ooh, yeah, Lomas Gator legend. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. There we go. All right, so let's see. We're going to go out. Oh, Jeff Okuda coming back, playing hard. You were talking about him before the show. Here's a guy who looks like he could have been in practice right now. He was absolutely. grinding hard in his oh, drills. With, without question. Without question, he looks like he's ready to go. Um, he was running after practice. Uh, that was the la- That was Thursday. And so on one field, there is Khalil Pimpleton and Khalif Raymond are fielding punts. And on the other field, Godwin Iguobike is fielding punts. And Jeff is running between the two fields, doing sprints, working on catching, intercepting balls, working on coming out of his break and exploding to it. And you would never, I mean, never know that he was coming off of an Achilles injury. He looked phenomenal. He had his shirt off. He's ripped. He's added a little bit of bulk into his shoulders and upper arms. Um, not that he was slight before, but he's definitely more muscular. Um, he might be he's working out with Swift. I don't know. He looked really, really good. He looks ready. Uh, he he did. He is there this week, or at least was on Monday, and I believe he was supposed to be there today for the voluntary OTAs. Where Dan Campbell, by the way, told all the veterans to go home. Didn't want them there. He wants he wants this time to go all the reps to go to young developing guys. 
Uh, he told us that last week, and he was true to his word on that. Um, <laughs> you didn't see anybody there that's going to be starting in a lot of spots. But Jeff is there. He look he looks so good, man. Um, uh, physically, now is, in coverage we haven't we haven't really seen that yet. But like it, it's it's impossible not to root for him after there is a fair segment of the Lions Nation that can't stand this guy and mm-hmm. wanted him to wants him to actively is rooting against him. And I, I don't get that, but I, it makes me want to root that much more for him and, and hope that he can shut them up and shove dirty, filthy socks on their throats. <laughs> How can you root against a guy that's on your – like, I, I don't get that. Like, like, so what if he was the number three pick? It doesn't matter. It's gone. Yeah. Like, don't, don't you want a good player? Don't you want good players on your team? Too much to ask. <laughs> Too much to ask, my friend. All right. Um. Let's see. Okay. So you, Okuda, I, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked for his comeback and his his ability. He's looking pretty, pretty yeah, strong. He, he looks 100. Jerry has been there. He's been very vocal on the side. Mm-hmm. Um. He has. He did do the one day he like when they were literally walking in the walkthrough. He was out there, but all the rest of the time he's been on the side, just like chilling and uh, working with the trainer a little bit. But uh, so I, I haven't seen Jerry in flow and motion to know how how far along he is. But uh, he's certainly engaged. I'll give him that. Yeah, yeah. He's um, <laughs> the the knowing smile from um, Aubrey Pleasant when he was talking about Jerry and his comeback. Very confident. Very highly spoke very very highly about Jerry and and Okuda. Okuda, yeah. he really spent a lot of time talking about because. You oh, think about so this is the thing so that I don't like about people who are anti Akuda right now is that he hasn't really had an opportunity to show himself. He played in a Matt Patricia defense in his in his rookie year that didn't games. teach him that didn't teach him anything. Right, was not an effective set of of, of teachers or anything. Um, and then he gets hurt. And then he gets into our defense. He gets a chance. He was talking about how he's learned stuff that he never knew that he wish he was taught from year one. And then he gets hurt again. These are some huge setbacks, major injury. He's coming back hard mentally. He's had the deck stacked against him. Physically, he's had the deck stacked against him. And here he is coming out this year. And Aubrey Puzzle talks about the focus and the grit and, and each little win along the way, each little step along the way, each little way to uh to, to get that he's getting better and believing in himself. And there's there's a sense I'm gonna and this is what we're talking about with Jerry. It's one of the things I told Jerry we want to talk about this. Jerry, when he first got here, he said, I'm locking on Okuda. He's the guy I'm going to learn a ton from. This guy is the guy. Mm-hmm. And they become very, very fast friends. He li- Jerry lived with Okuda for a while. They were going through this injury thing together again. There's a bond between these guys, right? There is a friendship and there is a, you know, you know who Jerry is. He is, a, he was super transparent in who he is. He is all about the grind. Never give up. He knows that his number one skill is his desire and his work ethic and, and what he puts in is going to get him something out of it. And I think very much that's helping push Jeff and Jeff's help pushing him as well through this injury part. Cause they were in two different places along the way, carrying each other. I just really, really love what I'm hearing about the mentality of Okuda because what happened to him this year, especially with that injury is enough to break almost any man in this sport or in any any place this is it's just an absolutely devastating injury and for him to come back as fast 
and as strong as he looks like he has so far is just a statement to the fact that none of the Matt Patricia shit, none of the other stuff is going to get in his way and his desire. And look, if he has anything near the talent, that desire will elevate that talent and push him to where he needs to be. Is it going to happen? We haven't seen it. We haven't been lucky enough to see it because of the injury, and I would blame a lot of coaching prior to that. We're going to have a real chance to see what we have in Jeff Okuda this year, and I'm really hoping just everything we're hearing about him and his grind and his effort, that's the kind of thing that elevates a guy like that. That's what I'm expecting to see out of it. I'm expecting to see a lot of the same out of Jerry. Jerry was great. He was the number three, I think, PFF ranked and almost number two cornerback last year, rookie cornerback. Uh, played his pants off as a UDFA, came in and just killed it, got hurt, thanks Will Harris, and now is going through this. If anybody's going to come back from that, anybody is, it's going to be Jerry, and he's got the attitude too. These are two guys that I would look out for. I don't care who you are. I would not want to get hit this year by either one of these guys because they are going to light out some MF on the field. I'm telling you right now, both of those guys are out there to eat. They're ready. And and you brought up Will Harris. I'll I'll bring it up. And normally when I bring up Will Harris, I'm I'm angry and speak bad things. <laughs> he can play cornerback. He's he's the number he is starting in Jeff Okuda's old spot as the starting left outside cornerback opposite Amani Arawarie. And again, they're not in pads, so he doesn't have to tackle, which is probably good for Will. In coverage, guys, he's good. Like he gets it. Like, he understands man coverage, press man, off man. We saw both principles in play. He understands where the safeties are going to be because he used to be one. And, and for those, he will never play safety again. I, I will I will guarantee you he will never take another snap at safety in the NFL unless it's like dire injury straits like what the yeah. Lions were in last year. Yeah. He is an outside corner for the rest of his career in Detroit and wherever else he winds up. And he looks Good. Again, it's camp. They're not in pads. I can't say a bad thing about the way Will Harris has played this. He looked, he legitimately locked up guys on the outside. It took really, really good throws to beat him. Like that, that that's what you want to see. Like it's, it's not easy to beat him. And that's, we, we saw it a little bit at the end of last season. He played great in the Minnesota game, played very well in the, what was the second to last game? He played really well in that game. Didn't, didn't have a lot to show for, but he, he, he looked good outside. Like, and, and again, he's a, he's a bright guy. He's another guy who's capable of understanding that what he was doing wasn't good enough in, in the same vein that Goff was and looking at it objectively and, and evaluating like, I must be better out here. Like this is my shot to, to sell to save my career. And the, and the way that I talk about Jay Sean, understanding that like this is his last shot. Will gets that, yep. and he, so far, man, best foot forward, baby. Um, I, I don't know if it's going to be in Detroit or not. And he, somebody somebody asked earlier if there's going to be surprise cut. I don't know about cuts. There's some guys going to get traded. Yeah. Like in the way that we acquired Trinity Benson, who by the way has looked really really good too. Mm-hmm. Um. In the way that we acquired Trinity Benson a year ago, there's going to be a couple of guys on the Lions who could be going like that. Will Harris might be one. Um, there's uh, Savion Smith, another guy. But again, has looked great. Now, again, the pads have to come on. Six foot two, 205 pound cornerbacks who can run the way Savion Smith can, they don't grow on trees, folks. There's going to be some interest in that. This is a guy, as a rookie in Dallas, started a game for them. 
didn't play very well, but had had enough talent that like Dallas threw him out there as a rookie. Yep. Like that, you can see that guy. You can see why. Like it, that there are guys like that on this roster right now at a lot of spots where you're like, man, like, how do they fit? Well, like, like I talked about where Eric and I were trying to figure out who's going to be on the 53. Like, it, it, it's legit competition. It's not like which guy sucks less who's going to win the job other than Beckham quarterback. It's going to be like the best man's going to win. It's going to, and the loser is going to find up somewhere else. And that's, 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 that's going to happen often in Detroit. So we got our D line will get tested week one. Tell you that the Eagles might have the best O line in the league. Eagles got to help a D line. They're good. Too. I, I will wanna, say. I, I just want to say I really think, quick on this, Riz. I, I, I want to jump in because number one, I, they talk about the D line. We've got a hell of an O line ourselves. And number two, do. I guarantee, especially because it's the first game of the year, the Lions are prepping like the, for this one, like it's a divisional game. That game last year was a humiliation for Dan Campbell and the rest of this team, the and yards. they taste it. They taste it. They're coming in to right this wrong. I'm telling you, this is going to be a heck of a great game to watch because they are going to prepare their asses off and put everything they've got into it. Week one's always crazy. It's always a crapshoot. But I'm really, really interested in this game because of what happened last year. I'm very interested to see one of the one of the looks that we saw last week where it was uh – we're not allowed to talk too much about specifics, but let's just say it was an odd man front and there weren't three guys on the defensive line. <laughs> and that, that matches up very well with what Philadelphia tries to do to you. <laughs> Got a lot of uh, Harris compliment from Jeff. Risden means something. And wait, Jeff can't say a bad thing about Will Harris? <laughs> there we go. He's so good, man. And, and again, I, I personally like the guy. Yeah. Like off the field, I, I like Will Harris. He's a good dude. I, I do root for him, but God, he's he's so freaking bad at safety. But maddening, he's not a safety nice. anymore. I, I think you see him embracing that. That's actually one of the questions that I wanted to ask Duker yesterday, uh, and, and unfortunately, uh, Solomon Williams, one of the, the Lions media guys, cut cut us off because Duker can talk. Um, and if you watch this press conference, you'll see he asked. We were with him for about fifteen minutes. I think he got five questions, maybe, maybe. Like he, he will extrapolate upon answers, so I didn't get to ask him about it, but. Uh, Okay. Yeah, Will, Will Will is Will's looking good, um, and I am I am not so secretly rooting for him to make it as an outside corner. Now the issue is he's an outside corner. He got a money. Um, I think Iffy, by the way, is going to be a safety. I don't think he's going to play corner anymore. Yeah, um, and they sense. both he, both Duker and Pleasant they didn't come out and say it, but it's pretty clear that they envision him more in the safety role as a. Uh, sort of the heavy nickel safety um, as a guy like if they're playing a team with a good tight end, Philadelphia, Dallas Goddard, when he's flexed out, it's going to be iffy coming in and lining up over him in man coverage yep. um, and, and, and be that de facto like almost linebacker size safety. All right. I got to hit Phil. Phil, you guys are making me more hype for this team than I already am. I need to stop watching. We're going to end up dropping my 401k in the Lions and win it all. Bet at Greek Town. Let me just tell you, it doesn't take much to make some real money there. Here's the bets I have. Okay. And, That's and, true. and I, the, true. I'm going to tell you, I know that a number of these bets are stupid. So just you can, you can keep the flames to yourself. I don't care what you have to say. Some of these are dumb. I, I put 20 bucks because I, I actually believe this one. Campbell has a good shot at coach of the year. Just less than 500 payout. Uh, Jamison William, offensive rookie of the year. I put five bucks on it. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson, defensive rookie of the year. I put five bucks on it. 
That's not a bad one. Lions money line on against Philadelphia. I put a couple bucks on that. <laughs> I put my money where my mouth is. Um, let me see. Over Aiden Hutchinson regular season sacks. I put the over eight and a half. Put a couple bucks on that. Here you go. NFC North conference winner Detroit Lions. I put a small amount on that. Big three hundred dollar payout though for the little amount I put on it. So that was that was worth it. Um, I also two dollars. <laughs> Five. Uh, I put the Rams in uh, as the NFC West winner for ten. That was that was felt pretty pretty good. Um, at the Lions for NFC North, I put twenty bucks in because there's there's I think there's a window. There's a window for it to happen. I don't. I can see the window. Yeah, and it's it's two twenty out. I'll, I'll take that. Uh, I put Rams overall winner of the Super Bowl. I put ten bucks on that. And because the pay is so juicy, I put ten bucks the Lions to win the Super Bowl for a fifteen hundred dollar payout. Wow. Okay. So crazy. Okay, that's crazy. Some of that is talking junk, right? The Super Bowl win, but I mean ten bucks. When you know you're gonna win the coach of the year and you're gonna play you're gonna get the defensive and offensive rookie of the word year, you can toss an extra ten bucks in for Super Bowl. What the heck, right? <laughs> Don't ever gamble what you can't afford to lose, but that's if you can right. if it's if it's that or like Buying a, an expensive bottle of wine or something like that. Put on the Lions, baby. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about end of the year. Who do you think the Lions' best playmaker is going to be? He's the next guy I want to talk about, at least on the offense. Right. Um, DeAndre Swift. This guy. Now, there was talk last year about him holding back um, uh, Jared Goff. And you and I disagree a little bit on that, but that's okay. He's come back, rocked the F up this year, and uh, Deuce has has a spot on him, has a spot in his heart. They seem to be real close, and Deuce is – they're not close because Deuce is, is bringing daisies and, and, and wine to dinner. It's because he's making him chew nails and work hard. Um, I'm feeling good. This is This is the year for Swift. Right, this is the year that he needs to prove it. This is the year he needs to come out and do it, and he's come back looking like he is a hundred percent in to be the guy to make this happen this year to get that next contract locked. What do you think? He looks phenomenal. So I am looking up stats for um, someone because I, I made this comparison in our Slack, um, which you'll want to be in, by the way. Uh, where is it? At? Okay, I'm looking Patreon. at Reggie Bush. Okay, Reggie Bush in his first two years in New Orleans. 88 receptions, 742 yards receiving. 73 receptions, 417 yards receiving. Um, as a running back, not so good. But as a receiving back and as a weapon on first down, Reggie Bush was phenomenal in that offense. That's what I see DeAndre Swift being. Uh, again, they're not in pads, they're not tackling, so it's tough to, to ascertain how he'll do as a runner. But last year as a runner, he was the worst runner, straight running back, on the Lions team. But as a receiver, he added enough value that you kept him on the field. Well, he's got a lot more of that value as a receiver, and, and some of that came yesterday. He is there, by the way. He was one of the very few established veterans that's, that's there. And just watching them, they were all running the same routes at the same, like, in, in sequence. And his footwork and attention to detail on his route running um, it, it, it's very Reggie Bush. It's very theoretic. This is a guy who's going to catch, who could catch 90 passes if you ask him to, and they might. Uh, as a runner, again, the, the biggest thing with him is that he needs to learn to go where the hole is going to be and trust that it's going to be there because he does not do that. You've watched the film. You, you watch two drives of him running the football. You'll be like, 
why do you not go there? Why do you go there? And, and I, I can tell you that Deuce has asked him those questions too. Um, he will not be worse as a runner. Let's put it that way. Uh, and there, there is reason to believe that if he gets and, – and I want to say it was either Tim Twentyman or Dave Burkett wrote it, where if he gets 250 touches, he's going to get 1,500 total yards. Mm. And I can absolutely see that. Now, I will say that he probably needs to get closer to 100 of those as catches to get that. Because, again, as a runner, he is he just doesn't have the decisiveness or the, the trust and the vision. Now, maybe, maybe he'll develop that. But, man, as a receiving back, like, like I've seen really good receiving backs. I, I, I watched the O'Regan practice. I've seen Reggie Bush do things. You know, I, I watched uh, Lamar Miller in Houston. One year he caught all 33 passes thrown his way. He caught every single one of them. Like, th- he can do that. Like, Swift's got that, and he's got that ability we all know. Get that – make that first guy miss, and, and it's off the races. We saw it against Pittsburgh. We, he's he's going to be he's going to be sneaky sneaky good now. Does he look any slower with that extra muscle? Uh, extra muscle, extra muscle. Doug Borman wants to know. Yeah, he needs to learn to use the muscle. He still tries to make everybody miss him rather than trying to take the contact and run through it, which is one of the areas where he needs to improve as a runner. Uh, if if you, I'll, I'll go to the Browns for a second because they have a guy who's phenomenal at it. Kareem Hunt is phenomenal at taking a hit and keeping going. Mm-hmm. DeAndre's not that guy. If he gets any of that dog in him, look out. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's certainly built for it. Let's put it that way. I just but had I this feeling say, of like uh, I was going to be walking around with any pants on. That's right, Coach. As a runner, <laughs> though, like, guys, Craig Reynolds, is he's having a phenomenal offseason. And as big and shredded as DeAndre looks, Craig is there, too. That guy, he, he pointed at me the other day. He, he gave me the, the little like that. I'm like, Jesus, man. It's like Hulk Hogan, like, doing the, the pythons. <laughs> like, he's, he's ripped and, like, bulky ripped. Like, you don't expect that from a running back. Like, this guy is, like, like solid, man. And, and by the way, his hands have been really, really good. So, let's talk um, about and, that. He, he looks to be, like, a number three guy. Well, and and I, I wrote this at Lionswire a couple so, times. He is closer to being number two than he is number four. And that is not anything against DeAndre or Jamal Williams. That's how good Craig is and where his trajectory is taking him. He has left Godwin and Jamar and uh, Greg Bell. Like, they're, they're way the hell behind him um, as, as far as I've seen. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this could be a year where they're, they have three active running backs, and you'll see all three of them play. And it might only be a series or two for Craig, um, and then you'll see DeAndre and 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 Jamal probably alternate a little bit more um, based on on need uh, and 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 you know down distance that type of thing. But uh, yeah, that Craig Craig is don't don't sleep on Craig Reynolds either, folks. A he's absolutely making the team, no question about it. And and if you're looking for a surprise like trade cut. Jamal Williams might have some value if they trust Craig that much, and if Jamar and and or Bell or Iguabuke show enough that they feel comfortable in that. Um, that that that's something that I wouldn't expect it to happen, but it wouldn't shock me if it happened. And I would look um, for and, Craig and again. Not nothing against Jamal. I love Jamal, and I would yeah. love to see him because I think he's 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 been good too. Yeah. <laughs> he does a lot of things that a lot of guys can't do, yeah. but uh, he's. 
if, if they're so inclined, there probably will be a market for him. And I, it wouldn't shock me if they explored that. I would also look for Craig Reynolds to show up on the show before training camp sometime. Be a, be a uh, could very well happen. All right. Um, yeah, Don Burr, Craig Reynolds looked ridiculous. Saw him at camp. I said, damn, Adam. No reason this team isn't one of the biggest pain in the ass teams to play against this season. That's exactly it. Yes. I, that's what they yes. tried to be last year. And I think they're going to do that in spades this year, which is what's going to. It, so let me put it this way. They tried to be a pain in the ass to people last year, and they're going to be a pain in the ass this year. But now the focus is not to try to be a pain in the ass. The focus is going to be to get those wins. And I think that's a little bit of the difference of who they are. And I think that's going to be the difference between a lot of those games that were a record-setting field goal away, right? Those the, the those in those little quick pieces that cost them a game. One guy playing the wrong coverage, right? Um, the, the, all those kinds of things that cost us games. I think that's going to go away. And I think we're going to start winning a lot of those close games. And the elevation is to take is going to take this. I also don't think we're we're not going to see Cincinnati or Philadelphia games from last year, where there there was it was or or even San Francisco. I know they made the score close, but that game was not close. Like you're not going to see them be completely outclassed the way they were a handful of times last year. That 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 team's gone. Yep. Thank God. (laughs) I liked last year's team, and and people think I'm nuts, right? That was one hell of a fun team to watch and root for. Maybe it's because we came off of the Patricia teams and, and there's a little bit of the, the bounce back there, but I loved the lions who they were, their personality last year. I really loved that team. More of that with wins. Boom, forget it. Sign me up. Like I'm all in. Right. But I just loved the, 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 the team, that personality last year, that, that to me, and I'm not, and I'm not including the losses in this. So don't take this the wrong way. Right. But that team last year was Detroit. That was the personality of the city of Detroit. We may be down, but we're never giving up. You know, the, the one where the frog is halfway in the bird's mouth and he's choking the bird out at the same time. It's an old cartoon, right? That's, that's Detroit, man. You ain't going to swallow me. <laughs> you ain't getting me down. And, uh, that's, I love that attitude. And, and I, I tell you that I've been around the country, different jobs from Detroit to LA to Florida, New York. That attitude will carry you much, much further. That I will never be down. I will be up and bite a kneecap. I will you got me singing suicidal tendencies. You can't yeah. bring me down, man. Damn straight, damn straight. And then the other one we need to know is send me your money. Uh, hit that super chat <laughs> or join Patreon right now. Who's he wanted was a Pepsi. <laughs> um, we hit Jared Jer- Davis. Deep there now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, Hank Fraley. The four of you that got it. Yeah. I'm with you, brother. I'm with you. She wouldn't give it to me. Uh, Hank Fraley, he is out there doing the things that Hank Fraley does. We were the first people screaming the praises of Hank Fraley. You, you, me, and Sandman after the Senior Bowl that year, seeing him down there with the Patricia crew, it was like this guy. And we said it. He is a teacher. He is like he gets it. And he looked so out of place with the coaching staff that he was with. <laughs> he really did. Yeah, yeah. And you could tell he was a little uncomfortable with it. Number he one, because he was competent, that. right? He will never <laughs> say that. He's he's a class guy, but he's a much better fit now than what he was. And thank God they kept him from going to Pittsburgh. Yeah, <laughs> thank yep. God. Yep. We'll talk, well, and that's something that just might get covered this summer. Stay tuned. Um, Hank, though, his his interview. The thing I love about uh, the interview with Hank is as the questions were asked. This is this is something I deal with. 
the eyes give away the snarky, smart-ass comments that are running through your head, right? And then it's time to talk, and you got got to shut it off, and you got to say, okay, let's, let's be honest. I have to deal with it. I've, I've been told at work, right? That's my that's my kind of giveaway. My filter's working. My face gets redder the more crazy the shit that goes through my head that I want to say, but I can't say, right? The filter's working overheat. Um, it's 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 hilarious, but it's it's a thing. You can you can see it. I can see it in his eyes, I, and I know. It, it, I'm not saying we think exactly the same, but I know the exact kind of stuff that's running through his mind. I saw, and I think his funniest his my favorite line was, you know, about the team and then get them together and, and how much they've improved and all that. And he's like, oh, yeah, you've never seen the group get off the ball like they did in walkthroughs. <laughs> such, such a great low ball, like, kick of the nuts, but, like, just a funny line. Just great, great, great stuff. Um, Hank's spectacular. Love his interview. Um, he had a lot, lot good to say, a lot of great talk. And then uh, you, you got Hank, and then you followed up with Frank Ragnall's presser. And you put the two together, and you're feeling really, really good about this line. And, and Frank spontaneously bringing up Hank as as why the offensive line is so good. And he did that very early in that press conference. So I was I was standing. I could literally touch Frank from from where I was standing. Like he brought that up completely unprompted, and that that tells you that what we've been singing about Hank, the players feel it too. And that, that's yeah. what really matters. It doesn't matter if we like him or not. It matters if the players do, and the players clearly do. And that's, and that's again, I mean, if you saw inside the den, the coaches interact when they would come in after the draft pick or when the draft pick was being made. This is very, very authentic. Hank is a perfect fit because he didn't fit with that other coaching staff. Just like you said, right? He was the guy, you know, which one's different than the others. Hank is an authentic, true-to-himself person, has the uh, the betterment of the team as his focus. He's a teacher. He fills each one of those pieces that we talked about, and and he fits right into this group of coaches and, and, and what was built around him. The hardest part for these coaches, when you build a culture like this where they can go and succeed somewhere else, is making the decision to leave. Because, and I'll tell you, one of the phrases that's out there, the great resignations come going on, and I'm going to tell you guys my piece of advice is if you're going to switch jobs, do it in the next couple of months because the opposite's going to happen with the employment sector. Um, but the, you know, all this is going on. When people talk, you don't quit a job, you quit a boss. And when you have an amazing boss, it's really hard to leave a job. I mean, other than oh, I'm going to make ten million dollars more, right? Okay, that's obvious. It's easier to leave, but it is really, really hard to quit or leave a spectacular boss. And in an environment like this, that's the thing that's going to draw a lot of guys in. Some of them will go. Some of them are going to ride it. Some of them are going to promote internally. But the confidence to do things like they're doing with Deuce, to grow the people like they are, is the sign of a great organization. And this is the kind of thing. This Again, I keep going to this, but when I think of the front office and the coaching staff, and I think about leadership and how it works in an organization – these folks have, have positioned themselves and, and are a perfect fit for a highly productive and successful organization. And the idea you know, of all of this put together is to enable people to be the very, very best they can be, even better than the boss in the organization. Allow them to be, if you're better than me, I'm not going to hold you down because you're better than me. I mean, I'm going to keep my job, but if you're going to go find another job where you're going to be better than I ever was, more power to you. I'm, I helped you along the way, and that's, that's what I do. When you think about, um, oh God, was it who was it? Who was it that um, was it? Miami with Campbell when they were when they were Aylin when they were uh, interviewing for the head coaching position. Campbell helped Aylin 
study and prep for the interview yeah. that they were both doing for the same job. You yep. talk about that kind of ability. And, that and tells you what kind are. of guy Dan Campbell yeah. is. Yeah. He will help anybody get ahead. If, and, and all they have to do is, is be there and, and, and be great at what they do and be their very best. Love it. If, if you're, and if you're Jamie Collins or you're, you know, you wind up being what Aylin was here last year, that's not going to fly. It's not going to go right. Different situations with Aylin and, and, and Collins, but it just, it just doesn't fly. So there you go. Uh, let's see. Okay. Let's, uh, let's get through, uh, Hank Fraley. We got, uh, signing, uh, Devin Funches, tight end. Riz, this is it. This is the tight end that we've been waiting for to, to, to really push. Uh, TJ Hawkinson to see if we could get anything out of this guy. Um, I, I mean, this is obviously Hawkinson, no better than a fifth round pick. Probably should never have picked him up. Uh, a guy like Devin Funches is what's what's needed to see if we're going to ever get anything out of Hawkinson. Is is that what you're thinking? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Why not? So Funches. <laughs> Let's go back in time a little bit. Uh, 2015 Senior Bowl. Uh, no, Shrine Game. Take it back. It was, it was a Shrine Game. He was at the Shrine Game, and then he went to the Senior Bowl. Uh, and I am standing on the sidelines with former Syracuse head coach, former Michigan defensive coordinator Greg Robinson. I knew him through a mutual friend. We were standing all together, and we were talking about Funches, and we were talking specifically about where does he play. And Greg Robinson gave me a quote, and, and I, Greg unfortunately passed away recently. Uh, he passed away, I think it was in January, and. It sucks. He was he was a good good guy, and I actually kept in touch with him over the years. Uh, and it, it's sad to see him go, but I I will very closely quote him. I won't. I, I can't say that this is the exact quote, but it's really damn close. He's like, "You give me a guy, and I don't know if he's a tight end or a wide receiver, and I don't care because he ain't playing for me." And one of the things that has plagued Devin Funchess when he was at Michigan, when he was with the Panthers, when he was with the Packers. Is that he never figured out if he was a tight end or a wide receiver. And he, other than one decent season in Carolina where they had some injury issues, he's not been good. No, no candy coating. And, and he will probably tell you that because he was playing as a wide receiver. He is just, I, I saw the Instagram picture that everybody's got around where he, where he had his shirt off. He wasn't that big when he was in Michigan. He certainly no. wasn't that big at the combine. Yeah. I'm going to guess he's probably up to 240 now and is embracing being a tight end, which he probably should have done a long time ago. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, the, there was a whole – for a while, remember there was the whole Vogue thing of like, oh, is he a tight end or the, the hybrid tight end? Like yeah. Guys like Doran Dickerson. Um, uh, David Boston was that back in the day. There, yeah. There's a bunch of – there's a lot of guys in like the, the early 2010s that were like, are they wide receiver or are they tight end? And almost all of them wound up sucking in the NFL. Kyle and Pitt. The, what's that? Kyle Pitt. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. Kyle. <laughs> I, had to, I had to bring him out. Sorry. He's different. <laughs> uh, I'm going. I'm going to do the Gator tour tomorrow. Right. The orientation. Yeah, so I, I had to bring um, him. Yeah. Up. Right, you, you should probably pick up one of his jerseys because he's going to be an All Pro suit. <laughs> um, yeah. He's he good. Yeah. Uh, but the the like Funches is he's still around. So he did. He hasn't played since 2019. He played one game for the Colts in 2019. He, op- he signed with the Packers. He opted out in 2020. He hurt his hamstring in their last game of the preseason last year, and they put him on IR. And from what I understand, that was more of a mercy thing, like he wasn't going to make the team, and they put him on IR so he could get paid uh, more than, than oh, we, we had to try to keep him 
Um, they actually waved him off. And I think he said with, I want to say it was San Francisco and they took one look at him on the practice squad and like, can't go away. Um, <laughs> and he's come back and this is his, this, like we talked about with Will Harris, like we talked about with, with a couple of guys. This is his last shot in the NFL. Jay Sean Cornell is another example of it. The redemption this is opportunity. A guy, this is your arc. Ride it. He knows this is his last shot to make it. He's picked a good spot because the Lions have an opening. Like, TJ Hawkinson's TE1, no question about it. Garrett Graham, Brock Wright, Shane Zilstra, that's your competition. Like it, He, in theory, could be better than all those guys. He could, in theory, not be as good as any of them. And I think that's that's what the Lions are going to see and, and what they got. Can I, can I they, just really quick? And I, yeah. I, the thing that makes it good for him and so many of these guys is that this team, at every position except one, it's you can win the position. You can absolutely, I don't care who you are. He could beat, and I don't think physically or whatever, but he could beat TJ Hawkinson for a position, right? Khalif Raymond could beat uh, JMO for a position if he outperformed. Anybody could do anything. Yep. They're not yep. doing that at the quarterback position. I'm just telling you right now, they're not bringing the competition into that position. But otherwise, any position you can have, the, you can win your way to the number one overall position on the team. You truly have an opportunity with yeah. this group. And that Kelvin talked special. about that yesterday. Yep. Uh, exactly. He talked about how Alex Anzalone is getting the number one reps because just, just like his experience, but mm-hmm. he's not the number one linebacker. Like he's not firm and starting. Like it, it, it's going to require him to go out and prove that he belongs to, yep. and, and, and earns it. Yep. Uh, and he was, he was adamant about that. Duker has talked about it a couple times where. He's a huge Deshaun Elliott fan. He's the reason why Deshaun Elliott is in Detroit. But he's not like like I, I have to make this work. Like if if he's better, if CJ Moore is better, if Juju Hughes, who had a pretty damn good week last week, is better. Like they're not gonna they're not gonna put him there because <laughs> the coach liked him. Right. Like you've got to earn that. So that 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 that's where Funches is at. And he he's made a savvy choice coming with. He's from Detroit. He, you know, he, he's made a good choice in choosing where he can try to salvage his career because there is there is certainly room for improvement at the number two and number three tight end spots. Yep. No offense to Brock Wright or Shane Zilstra or, or Garrett Graham, but like if you're not beating the, those guys out for a job, it, you, you probably need to look at the new XFL or the USFL or. What you're going to do post football life? Yeah, there's something else. FL. Um, yeah. Okay, really quick. Um, while while we're here, I want to tell folks: don't forget about our training camp listener appreciation party. Go to party.detroitlionspodcast.com. It is July 30th, a Saturday night at the Uptown Grill in Commerce Township. No training camp on Sunday. It's a Sunday, so you have a full recovery day. We've set it up this way. Training camp is starting before that. You're going to get some good days in. We'll see some good stuff, and then uh, we'll come together and have a party. We're talking about Dan Miller. have to get him locked in. He's not locked in yet, but he's been there every year but one. Um, And the one year we we brought other people in instead. we, we, we potentially Jerry Jacobs will work with him as well right now. We'll have Ash. We'll have Riz. We'll have me. We're, we're working on the Lions Nation. Uh, Unite folks. At, uh, uh, Jesus. Lomas and Herman. I, I, I'm having a hard time. All the people. We're trying to put this together. Huge party. Giant party. And it's here to have a lot of fun. All the pizza you can eat. All the soft drinks you can drink are all included in your, you're included in your ticket price. Booze is extra, but there's plenty of it. We go from 7 p.m. We'll do a live show. And then Riz and I and everybody just hangs out. And we have a good time. And if for some reason things wind down a little bit early, we're not there till 2 a.m., 
we often have an, an, an after party. We go off to another location and things get really rowdy. It's a great time. Party.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Get your tickets now. There's a limited number of tickets. If you want to join us and have some fun, go there. Uh, it's 35 bucks. The, the price went up. This is, this is a complete pass-through cost. We make $0 on this event. And I sweat my ass off hauling stuff That's in and out. absolutely true, by the way. <laughs> I can vouch for that. Yeah. Uh, I, I lose every year. But uh, we, we do it because it's, it's to we have a good time. We do it for you all, man. That's it's, what we're here for. It's a good for. time. It's, we're it's here for party. you. Party.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. There you go. Okay, let's talk about somebody who's, t- who's a look. It's a lot shorter than we wanted it to be. The first part of the name is Penis. <laughs> um, you know what we're talking about. Um, Mr. Penasini is no longer with the Detroit Lions. He's decided to retire. I don't, you know, look, I, I had a, at first I didn't want to make fun of his name and then I just fell into it because <laughs> I'm, I'm 12 really basically mentally. Um, Penasini, Penasaudi, I don't know which one's better. You know, the whole thing, maybe one than the other, and the other, and the other, and the other. Different people <laughs> message me. Penasaudi. Yeah. Like, yep. oh, um, it's a loss. Wish he would have said something before the draft, but it's injury related. I think it has to do with his shoulder. And the thing is, is yes. he's played hard his whole time here. He gave everything he had. And the one thing that I give him credit for is saying, you know what? I don't think this is the thing for my body. I don't think this is where I need to be. Right. And this isn't the best thing for me. And I have to, I have to say, I have no problem with somebody so, saying so that's if, what I want to If you present. don't remember last year and, at the I was it was at the end of training camp, wasn't it, or was it during the season? Even he had a a um, a calcium deposit the size of a softball taken off the shoulder right here. How do you hide that? How big a man are you? I mean, he's a, he's a he's a massive dude, but still, like like you got a C cup thing up here, man. I, that's that that's wild to me. I wouldn't leave the house. Um, they have not officially said that it's injury related, but. Everything we have heard is that he realizes that that for him to live a, a good life after football, football needs to end now. It is everything I've heard. Um, now, if he wants to come on and correct that or clarify it, please do, John. Like, do it. But yeah, it, it, this was not. Oh, the Lions! He didn't want to play for the Lions. He's retiring. Like that. If you're that guy who keeps messaging me on Twitter about that, like every day. Go play in traffic or something. Go piss on an electric fence, please. <laughs> With Go your away. penis out. Leave me alone. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Don't be that guy. Griffiths is going to be at the party. That'll be a good time. I can't wait to hang. Dave, that'll be a good time. Um, yeah, no, that's it, it's it's for his betterment. It's for his health. And that's, you know, it's like Travis Swanson. When he left, I just felt good that he was leaving. I was worried that he was going to try Agreed. to come back. And, and I was just I was just nervous about what his quality of life was going to be. Him making that choice, it's a tough choice, right? To walk away from the crowds. Dan, and the, the Dan whole thing. talked very, very warmly and very candidly about how when he knew it was time for him to be done. Yeah. And like, I, like we, we were sitting there, and like normally in the press room, like we're we're watching him, like he's standing up in front of us. We're all kind of like looking around each other. We were all like transfixed at Dan, like like he's telling. Like when he knew that he couldn't play anymore, and when he's, he's had to go glass. to players and tell them that, hey, you probably need to, to to find something else, and like that that end of career journey, that's not something that those of us who never played can understand or, or fully grasp. I thought Dan did a fantastic job of explaining that 
he, he wasn't even talking about uh, Penasini. He was talking about Jermaine Waller at that yep. point, yep. Uh, the cornerback who realized that he just didn't want to play football anymore. It, it wasn't Lions related. Go away with that. Again, this was not the Lions forcing somebody to retire. This was a guy he just realized football's not what I want to do for my life. Like I want to do other things. And uh, that that's, that's the choice he made. This is a very difficult decision, but he made it. The thing, and this is the part, I mean, this is the part that most people don't understand. I mean, you, you watch your gladiators in the arena. You're, they're superstars. You're like, you, you, you idolize them and like, wow, these guys are amazing. Even if you don't, if you're not someone who's like, like swayed by that kind of, you know, celebrity, many, many people do. They walk in a bar, they walk into a restaurant. People know people are all about people are in their pockets. People are, 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 are giving them stuff. It, it's, it's a different kind of life. And there's a certain amount of a psychological, it's almost like a withdrawal when the, the crowd's not there anymore and the, and the people aren't there anymore and the support's not there. That's how you lived your life since college, since before college, really, if you're, if you've made it to the NFL, if, yeah, you've, you've been a superstar NFL, your whole life. Are, you were probably like the best player in fifth grade and you got crowds in peewee watching. You, you were a superstar your whole life and then it just dries up one day and they, and yeah. so many players talk about the psychological impact of what that means and not being prepared for that moment. So having, you know, a support yeah. system around like, like, you know, like they have and that kind of support from a coach, I guarantee there's numbers exchanged and, and that kind of thing for these guys oh, to yeah. talk afterwards. And I think it's good yeah. for them, but it's, it's, it's always hard. interesting to me when, when they're in a situation like that, um, if they want to stay close to the game, like if they'll go to games or if they need to go cold turkey on it. Um, I, I was friends with somebody who's a professional beach volleyball player. He was on the AVP tour for a handful of years. And when he got done playing, when he realized he couldn't play anymore, he like wanted not, he he couldn't even watch volleyball. Like it, it, it bothered him too much. It, it was like I wh- why did I give this up? You know, he couldn't physically do that. I'm very curious if that's going to happen with guys like Penasini and Waller, guys who who have retired very early on in their careers or before their careers even really got started. And uh, you know that 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 that's. A, that's something to watch. Look at uh, look at Zach Zenner, how he's spun out. I mean, he's like a professor now. Just just such he's a he's actually sad a player story. agent now. Yeah. He's got a player. <laughs> uh, he's got two players in the CFL, and he's got one player who's a UDFA. I want to say he's in Atlanta. Maybe okay. was in Atlanta, anyways. For him, a good guy. All right, so we got that. Let's uh, don't forget about Amazon Detroit Anything you buy from Amazon, help the world out by taking your money away from Bezos and putting a little, a couple pennies in our pocket. Amazon Detroit doesn't cost you anything. It helps the show. They're doing something you were going to do anyway. What right. were you going to do anyway? You were going to out pizza the hut, Riz. You've been talking about it and talking about it, and you still couldn't do it. But here comes the Illich family, Detroit in the house. Little Caesars sweeps. The hut out the door and signs. That's going to be my country. most read tweet of the year, I bet. Um, so, so for those of you who missed it, you can go on Twitter, follow me at Jeff Risden, R I S D O N. Um, it's right down there. Uh, never, I never remember if it's mirrored or not. Um, uh, so, it was tweeted out that, uh, and it's official Little Caesars has replaced Pizza Hut as the official pizza sponsor of the NFL. And I tweeted out somebody did in fact out pizza the hut and it got traction. Can I tell you? Cool. Can I tell you something? They they, they gave the they gave Pizza Hut the old pizza pizza. <laughs> so I'm not like Pizza Hut's okay for me. Their sauce is a little I don't know. I don't want to say weird, but it's like it's not what I would expect. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't had Little Caesars in legitimately 15 years. And it's crazy because there's one like I can 
I couldn't walk there, but I could certainly ride my bike there. Yep. Um, I can take Micro Mike with me because he's on the way. Uh, he knows where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just not something that we do. Like, we, we get local pizza. Like, mm-hmm. we, we are we are big supporters of Vitali's in Zealand, the you know, hometown, they're, they're a small chain writer. I love Uccello's Pizza in West Michigan. They're, they got a, several places around the place. Um, Frankie's is a good place. Mancino's is a good place. I don't typically do the major change. That's just not what we do. But like, yeah, they've pizza's been out. Pizza Hut's outed, man. They they've been out pizzaed. So yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, we have we because yeah, I like I genuinely like those ads too. I'm in a um, weird spot with pizza because you know we do like once a week we'll we'll throw one up and just because we've got a lot of stuff going on with you know family my mother-in-law in town and just trying to take care of everybody and everyone's at short of time and stuff so like one day we're just like well, nobody's cooking no one's cleaning up we're just getting a pizza right and we've cycled through i mean we've got a jets around here we've got a great local place called jets Korea. is good yeah 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 i had never had jets until like three weeks ago and i've had it twice since then we're it's all done, kind of burnt though there's we've, we've been like through that. them all and i'm like I kind of, I mean, as, as the number one food in my life that I've never, ever been sick of, pizza, I'm just kind of meh about it right now. Now, we don't have a Little Caesars local. We'll have to see. I, I'm not sure that that's going to shake the pizza funk out, but I mean, I, I, I we used to, we used to, and we haven't done this in a long time, we'd get like a Giordano's from Chicago style and get it down home, home, it'd be flash oh, frozen. Now, see, if you're it. ever in Holland, Crust 54 is a place to go. Downtown Holland, they have location on the south side too yeah that's yeah. chicago style pizza and it's fucking amazing yeah 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 so like buddy i love chicago style pizza i know people think it's a casserole or whatever i love it i love it i, I love I, lo- I, I love chicago style i love new york style we this capri place has great big foldable slices and it's it's ideal we used to have this it's it reminds me of a place uh on long island called little Vinny's, and who's who's just got some of the best new york uh pizza that i've i've had and uh little vincent's um, this Capri place is really, really close. I mean, like right on good stuff. And it's a good, good. I know where it is. It's right by your Smoothie King. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you're there. I do know. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. All right. All right. Let's, uh, let's see. We got that. Uh, a couple injury updates we're going to talk about. Oh, I, I do want to talk about Seatbelt Gang with, uh, with Jerry. We did a, a little bit of a soft launch on that. And there's been a slight change to the logo. Jerry's going to come on. We're going to kick that off big time again. But go to seatbeltgang.com. Raising money, trying to put some some uh, some fans in seats and do some charity work around the city of Detroit with all the merch that sells from seatbeltgang.com. Also, if you have any designs you want to donate to the cause, please, there's a contact uh, piece on there. You can send it, you know, talk to us and, and get involved and we'll happily throw your, you know, your designs on on merchandise and, and sell that as well. And we really appreciate it. Um, everybody only has so much time, right? So anything you can do, seatbeltgang.com, great stuff. Um, I would expect a number of the secondary to be uh, at some point in Hard Knocks having their seatbelt gang stuff on the show. I would get yours now. <laughs> I would just suggest you get it now. There you go. Seatbeltgang.com. Great, great content or great, great stuff. Merchandise. I mean, stuff as far as, I mean, t- t-shirts and all that stuff, but yeah. I got the sweet seatbelt gang. Let me see, I'm getting I will not speak for speaker. Jerry, but if he sees you in that, you better believe he's going to acknowledge. Oh, damn right he is. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's Bluetooth speaker and phone charger for wireless phone charger. It's freaking awesome. There's some really, really good stuff there. If you if if you want to help out charity and you want to help out uh, around the city of Detroit, that's the way Again, to do it. Jerry, stand up guy, total like like his heart is in the right place with yeah. this. <laughs> Jerry, so if you missed it, 
Jerry, his dad wasn't really in the picture. He lost his mom at 11 years old. He's a guy that's fought from the ground up for everything he's had. He is the definition of grit, determination. Uh, and, and I mean, his story is one of every, every time something great happens, it's like a two steps forward and then a, just a massive step back that he has to overcome. His whole life has been plagued by that kind of stuff. And I, I really want to see the guy just find massive success because he's got that attitude and deserves it for everything he's invested in and, and, and dealt with. And yet he stayed true to his heart and to his home and to his people. And uh, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons he knows who we are, you know, and, and we're very much the same way. And that's why he said that we're his only podcast. Don't bother asking. And that's just who he is. He's, he's loyal and devoted to the people that are loyal and devoted to him. So good on Jerry. Seatbeltgang.com uh, is a great thing to, 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 to support. Please support it. Please do. It's important to me and Chris. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Um, all right, let's keep going. We've got injury updates. We've got a big show here. Um, injury updates. Romeo Aquara is the big one I want to ask about because literally nobody talked about him in any of the pressers that I saw anywhere. No bells rang. I'm nervous. Now, he, I know Romeo's a quiet guy and doesn't necessarily jump out and have a 47 different socials and he's not, you know, TikTok dancing and everything. I'll, I, I get it to my son all the time. That's not who he is. <laughs> my son's on the phone. I'm like, what's your TikToking, Jay? Uh, <laughs> uh, he's, that's not who he is. But by the same token, right, people get nervous when a guy isn't out there saying, like, Okuda, I'm working hard. I'm coming back. I'm doing this, right? And it's been no news. And it's tougher. It could be just the Lions respecting his wishes of I'm a quiet guy who's going to come back and prove it on the field. It could be that oh, we're worried about what's happening. We don't want to talk about it. Riz, what did you see? First off, did you see Romeo Aquora on the field? I did see him. Uh, it, it was tough to, to, to spot him because he wasn't wearing his uniform. Like all the other guys, like, like Jamo's out there wearing his uniform. Jerry's out there wearing his, his, his jersey. Romeo's not doing that. Um, he's standing off to the side. Um, he is, he was there last week. Uh, we didn't see him do anything other than just like walk to, to, from the field like that. Again, he's not he's not a outgoing, demonstrative, gregarious guy. It's just not who he is. Remind me though, if I think of Okuda, he was game one hurt. Is it game one? Or? Week one. Yeah, uh, Romeo was week four. Okay, so there's a three week difference between these guys. Yeah, and and wait matters when you're dealing with that sort of injury. And Romeo is he played last year at 285. That's that's kind of big. <laughs> that's a lot more than than Jeff yeah. I want to say was 198. Yeah. Um don't hold me to that, but it's it, ballpark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's complete completely fair. Yeah. And uh so the Romeo is a tough one because the the new defense doesn't necessarily fit his skills as well as it does some others. Ideally, he's a five tech or a seven tech. They got Aiden Hutchins for that now. They have Charles Harris, who's looked good. And by the way, the coaching staff freaking loves that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to start. So uh, put, put that out of your mind right now. Mm-hmm. Um, your, your week one starters as the edges, however they align, are Aiden Hutchinson and Charles Harris. No question about it. None. Um, the Where you get a little worried about Romeo is the fact that the second round pick isn't signed and is still hurt too. 
And they're kind of the same guy. And they're also kind of the same guy as a second-round pick last year. And he's been kind of hurt, too. And if you're going to be nervous, that's where you get nervous. That's why you're nervous that Romeo isn't there, because they don't have anybody who's really stepped up to replace that that we've seen yet. So I get why people are antsy and like, I don't know. Um, I don't know either. I'm a little worried about it myself, but I'm not going to worry about it too much until they're in full pads and going. Because maybe, maybe they have something in in Levi and in his second season, he, and and he's healthy and looks good, and maybe he will make that step and make make Romeo Acora superfluous. Uh, maybe Julian will make Romeo superfluous, and we don't need him to be back right away, and he can be on the PUP list and miss the first four weeks. By the way. This was something that came up in the Slack. PUP, you only have to miss four games now. You don't have to miss six games anymore. So mm-hmm. that that's a rule change this year. So when you see Romeo Okora possibly go on the PUP, when you see Jameson Williams possibly go on the PUP, and both of that's very realistic, by the way, it's only four games that they miss instead of six. That's a, that's a change from years prior. Um, that, that's a good thing. And that that's why it's more likely that, I, I don't know what to think about Jameis Williams, honestly. Uh, I, I will wait and see how he looks and how the staff feels about him in, in six weeks when we get back there. Yeah. But Romeo, I would kind of expect him to start on the PUP yeah. and go and, from there. And just just so you know, so a couple of things. One, I think they're uh, underselling Jamo, just so you know, on the injury thing uh, and his recovery. I don't disagree with that. And um, on, on the Romeo thing and the PUP thing, a lot of people were talking about it like, yeah, they're out three and come back four. No, they're out four and come back five. So right. just just, just kind of get that straight. A lot of people were like, yeah, it's four. And they were thinking that you, for some reason that you missed three and you're back on four. No, you're back on five. That's so IR. Kind of, IR is you missed three, you yeah. come back the fourth. Yeah, yeah. There you go. All right. So we've got that covered. What was it? Seatbelt gang. Yeah, shirts, all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Kevin Iffy, Leonard, by so. the way, is uh, further along than those guys. Iffy will be in the mix as your nickel safety. Um, and I kind of think that's where they see him as the slot safety. Then, uh, and um, one, I do want to bring this up, Chris, real, real quick, because I did write about it at, at Lionswire, and it was one of the things that I came out of minicamp really thinking about if you're expecting like a major rookie impact, <coughs> excuse me, right away from anybody other than Aiden Hutchinson, you're probably going to be disappointed. Like Kirby Joseph is not safety two right now. Uh, no, he's behind I mean, Deshaun Elliott. He's, he's, he's well, Deshaun like, Elliott's a great see. safety. And so, so is Tracy Walker, right? I mean, it's like, okay, I'm feeling good. Kirby, Kirby can be three. It's it, no, Kirby, no worries. <laughs> Kirby should be three. And, and he's, he's showed enough that like, yeah, okay. I, I get why they like him. Like I, I get, I, I see what they see, but at the same time, he was, he, you could see him thinking on the field. Like you mm-hmm. could literally see like, oh crap, I got it. What, where am I at on this play in this coverage? Okay. We're in this coverage. Oh crap! Now the play started. Where do I go? Like he's he's got to settle down and have that slow down for him. That's that, that's a rookie. That's normal. That's not an indictment on Kirby Joseph. That was that's something a guy who started so one big. year in college. That's something uh, and so was not coached well in college, by the way. So uh, big. His head spinning. I think they were talking about Hutch. I believe it was the, the that um uh yeah they were talking about Hutch. It was Hutch, and yeah, he's great. He's smart. He know when he knows what he's doing, but when he has to think. He's yep. he's got to stop. And there was it was it was about Hutch. And there was somebody else actually. Um, when they're on, they're on their reps, 
and they they know what they're doing and they're 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 ready to roll. They go, but when they have to Chase stop, Chase Lucas and, got that. He, um, Aubrey talked about that with Chase Lucas exactly. Like, when they have to yeah. stop and think, then they freeze. And it's these guys, the processing speed at the game, the new game speed that they're dealing with, as well yep. as the new the, the new system, as what their expectations are. There's there's a whole level of verbiage and everything else beyond what they're used to. And when they have to stop and think, and these guys, that's expected. It, Coach Campbell was talking about this too. This is expected. Um, there was one guy they had in three positions. And they realized they messed up, and they needed. They brought him back to two, and then he was he was he was doing a great job. Um, it's it's this thing about processing speed and the amount of information they have to deal with. Now it, it's okay to see that, and they expect that, and they expect to watch the improvements through the week. And that's why I think with with Kirby, you're seeing that, and it's and it's okay because yeah. what's happening is these guys are learning to process. They're you know I'm starting to go to machine learning here, but they are you know they say they are learning and getting better along the way. The idea is. Uh, That's what when, this is for. Yeah, when training camp starts, this break, and you you, you saw um, uh, Khalif Raymond talking about it. he's going to to work out in Oregon. These guys are going to work out some more and work through some of these things. Some of them won't. A lot of them will because they are professional athletes. They're going to do it in a different kind of environment and that kind of thing. They're going to have some time for themselves in there as well. But they're working out now, and they're starting to work out some of these these pieces and get to it. Day one of training camp, they're going to be better than yesterday. Day yep. 10 of training camp, they're going to be way better than they were in day one in training camp. Some guys aren't. And that's where you're going to start seeing the guys that are dropping out. And that's the, the progression to watch, especially with the young guys. As training camp goes on, they're processing speed. When they're on the field, how do they react? How do they process and how do they move? And that's going to be one of the big, that being able to watch that and measure that from start to finish, seeing that difference is going to be one of the big pieces to establish how these guys, where they land on the depth chart, and how their growth pattern is for this in, in this team. Yeah. yeah. So just keep your expectations in line for the rookies. Um, the one exception for that, and Kelvin Shepard brought this up, Malcolm Rodriguez has it all up here. He's just like he's got to deal with like it's a lot. Like the guys that he's going against are a lot bigger and a lot faster than he's ever dealt with, and he's got to learn how to accommodate that. Like the mental processing part is there for him. It's doing the physical things at his size that it's going to be the challenge for, for Malcolm. Let's talk uh, about the but, change that he talked about, too, about yeah. what the green dot means. It used to be that's your middle linebacker. But now it's your three. It's just your three down linebacker. We don't have a middle linebacker, folks. It's They're your, playing two. One's over here. One's over here. There ain't nobody in the middle. It's your three down linebacker. And it's the guy who has the ability to do the verbiage, to communicate and get the team and the defense in space into place and, and get the information to the people that need it. And that's a different role. That's a change in the NFL. They talked about it. It's an evolution of the league. Not just the Lions. It's not the green dot. It's not the middle linebacker. It's the guy that's going to be on there for your three down linebacker. So it's something to know. Um, Mike, uh, that's when we start seeing who has a George Costanza attitude towards work. All turds will be gone. Absolutely. They've been flushing like crazy. And uh, they they have, I think, mostly the team of guys who uh who's gonna make it. I didn't they have, really notice any turds. Like anybody that you would think is like not not a Dan kind of guy. Yep. I I didn't see that. Yep. Brian, can you guys do a show on who you would pick to or project to be on the fifty three man roster, please? And thanks. 
Absolutely. We will do a we'll couple of those actually. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll walk through those as training camp goes on at the training camp party. We'll have a lot of people weigh in on that. You'll get a lot of expert that's opinion beyond that, ours. Yeah. And, and for those of us who write these things for a living, that's, that's July work. Mm-hmm. That's not June work. <laughs> but we do things different. Uh, so we got all that. Um, man, we look, we had a week off. We put on a gigantic show here. I want to just really quick. It's nine o'clock. Holy really crud. Remind folks, please like. Please subscribe to the show. We appreciate you tuning in. Thanks for sticking with us after taking a week off. It was very, very much needed. Um, but those who uh, like and subscribe, you really do help us out a lot. So if you can pump that, we'd like to get to 100 before we call it a day here. Um, with that, we want to talk about uh, Patreon. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get in there. Five bucks a month will get you access to the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. Go to Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. It is a hell of of a community. There's a couple hundred people there hanging out. And um, look, the idea that you pay a couple bucks to go there is what kind of creates a bar for people who really, really want to be there and interact and talk together. It's a great community of people with really, really great information. Um, really, really good stuff. Uh, Don Burr, guess I'll go harass bear fans. Go do that. Get in the Patreon too. Patreon. Yes, please do, Don. You're podcast. good at it. <laughs> Be sure to follow us on Twitter at DET Lions Podcast. DET Lions Podcast. I think we're 30 away from 5,000 now. I've been counting down to 5,000 because it's it's a big round number. Uh, DET Lions Podcast. Give us a follow. Appreciate that when you do that. Also at Jeff Risden on the Twitter machine. Give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast. All one word, Detroit Lions Podcast. Or call us in the Lions line at 929-33-Lions. Nine two nine three three five four six six seven, and be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast because well, something always happens. Riz, what what's that? Because I want to come into your ear holes automatically. That's right, and God, he will do it. Uh, he fits too. Thank you for tuning in. We're gonna see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. I'm sorry, Riz. Remember, no pants, no toasters. No hot tubs, no problems, baby, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit Connection. Good. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. I just had this feeling of like uh, I was going to be walking around without any pants on. You've had enough of that shit.